welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 12. Joining us once again, Mr. John J. Wolf, and today we are covering GCW, the people versus GCW, from Nashville, Tennessee, at the fairgrounds in Nashville. And John, what do you say we just hop right into the craziness that this uh, event offered us? Yeah, that's exciting, man. Let's do this. Awesome. All right, so we're hopping right into it. Just like how the show did, they started it off with a scramble match. And surprisingly, I didn't know the scramble match was going to involve the GCW Extreme Champion making his return is one Mr. A.J. Gray. And along with him, we had Cole Radrick, Axton Ray, Grim Reefer, Marco Stunt, The Little Show, and Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. So we started off with a... Typical GCW scramble match for the extreme title. John, what were your takeaways from this match? Uh, my takeaways from this match right off the bat was the commentary team. This is one of those ones where it's really a great team to rotate. I'm just kind of expanding on what we talked about on the last show. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had Prazak, Kevin Gill, Veda Scott, and Nick Gage. So at any point, if you add an even MLJ in there between those five, that covers a lot of what they do in, in uh, GCW. I think Marco Stunt coming in as the little show, uh, it was really nice to see him back and just nice to see him as the little show with his unitard there. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Marco Stunt double choke slam I thought was really interesting. And then uh, Marco launching, uh, Marco being launched out of the ring. I thought that was really funny by Mercer. AJ had a uh, nice top rope twisting jump to the floor, but unfortunately he missed almost everyone on the yeah. jump. And then uh, eventually Mark Marco did the choke slam onto Cole, which was uh, a great little spot. Overall, I really thought it was enjoyable. Eight and a half minutes. I haven't even mentioned half of what was going on in that match. Just a fun-filled opener overall. Was there anything else you had to think about this one, really? There was there was so much, man. No, like you said, it was a very fast-paced scramble. You could tell they they kind of had a lot of matches on this card, but they wanted to get everybody in. And this was, I think, another showcase event, while it also told a lot of very interesting stories that will hopefully be told this weekend at Homecoming. Um, so I loved how fast it was. It was just like nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. I love seeing Marco come out and like he did even the climb over the top rope as he was a big man to yeah, enter the ring. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. And yeah, I, I forgot to mention another return in Marco who hasn't been here in a couple months as well. I was actually really excited to see AJ Gray because I know he kind of took a little hiatus there um, with wrestling. I don't know if it was around. It was around the same time he got injured with like a broken nose, I think it was, at Atlantic City, where he was just like dripping buckets of blood from his nose. He took a, mm -hmm. I think he took like a Rayward uh, Insiguri to the nose. But it was nice. I was very excited to see AJ because it was like a surprise because they didn't even come out to entrances. They started the show off. They're all in the ring. And AJ Gray didn't even get his championship entrance. He just, boom, right then and there. So I was happy to see AJ, Gra AJ Gray back. But um, my main takeaway from this match was... I was interested to see the timing of him coming back as he is from Tennessee and it, the show being from Tennessee as well. I was kind of interested since we haven't seen him in a while, what they were going to do if he was just going to keep on continuing on with his extreme title run, or if possibly he drops it at this match to one of the other uh, competitors. Um, Shane Mercer absolutely killed it as well. He did a cool moonsault battery on, um, 
Barco. Barco was actually in the fireman's carry position. And then Shane Mercer was on the top rope, holding on to Axe and Ray's hand on the outside, using him to kind of help keep the balance. But then he like tossed Marco over his head, caught him and hit the moonsault and battery, which I thought was a pretty cool spot. Cause at first I'm like, uh oh, what's gonna happen? And then, oh, he flipped him and he caught him. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I was uh I was just really impressed with the whole thing. I um I just realized there's a scramble secret. I think this is what really reels us all in. Uh, we're basically seeing the best of all the competitors in a short amount of time. So we're seeing all their high spots instead of just seeing, you know, the, you know, against the ropes, this, or, you know, chokehold that we're actually seeing how each one of these guys shine and we're seeing six, seven, five of them at a time sometimes. And I really, really love it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I can't say anything more. Now, I will say that a lot of people's asking for a scramble belt, us included, and I respect that, you know, the owner believes that it's not best and that's fair too. If they keep the GCW Extreme title down there, I don't think it's an absolute horrible thing if someone's willing to take that on. Now, if they take that away from the scramble, I have no problem with that either. As long as they can tell us the difference between the extreme and the ultra violent, I think we'd be good to go. But yeah, eight and a half minutes, man. Uh, quick. Yeah. Just quick. And going back to what you're saying about the scramble belt, I know I was my first, I don't know, probably I mentioned it every episode. And I was telling you before we hopped on here, um, I walk most of that statement back. Most of it. I was always saying they should change the extreme to scramble to make the difference, differ, difference between that belt and the ultraviolet belt. Like, as you said, it's not really clear. But. I've always was kind of saying making the scramble belt because AJ Gray was defending it in a bunch of scrambles lately before he took his little hiatus there. But mm -hmm. I, I, and this is where I evolved here and I changed my opinion because I, I'm going back and rewatching some of the title defenses that AJ had. And he's had a different, a lot of different varieties of matches. It hasn't been just scrambles as what was stuck with in my mind at the time of the recording. It just, those are the most recent matches where he was defending it in was scrambles. But he's had awesome just one-on-one -on -one matches against uh, Alley Cat, uh, PCO, who we won the belt from and stuff like that. So he is adding the extreme to the extreme title belt. But I would still change my opinion, keep the extreme belts there because it has been defended in a bunch of different variety of matches. So I kind of like how it provides um, variety, like I said again, to mm -hmm. the, that whenever it's being defended. But I still, in my opinion, still would like to see a scramble uh, belt added to scramble matches. But maybe we'll get that down the line. Um, ultimately, like I said, I was just happy to see AJ Gray, AJ Gray back and defending the belt. Um, he actually had a really cool spot, too. I totally missed it earlier. He had the... Um, Shane Mercer up in a crucifix, like he was going to do like the mm. razor's edge. And then mm -hmm. ended up turning that into a buckle bomb, which <laughs> he was like a foot away from when he chucked Mercer in. So it was like, he really launched him like a dart right into it instead of just like slowly arching him into it. Like how kind of Seth Rollins did a sting. It's like, nope, I yeah. am lawn darting you into this corner. So that was an awesome spot uh, during the match that I missed as well. Um, This match really featured Marco stunt. I know that Mercer really threw his strength around. There was a spot where Axton had just a small showcase that was absolutely impressive. He had a great top rope flip that if you have a real quick second, go back and watch that. Really impressive. Um, the winner in this one was Cole Roger, uh, Radrick, I'm sorry, with the new 
GCW Extreme Champion. I was really happy to see Cole win. I'm personally a really big fan of his. I think he's a really nice guy. So I think that when it comes down to it, you match his talent with the fact that he has heart and he ends up not being one of those tough, rough kind of mean guys. I thought it was really nice to see. Also, one little side note there. That is one big ass belt. I saw that slung over his shoulder there. And let me tell you, I mean, Cole is not small, small. That's a huge belt, man. I like how it looks too, though. I, I, I guess it is kind of like not outrageously big, but I like how it demands the attention of whoever's going to wear it because the size of it, it's saying, hey, this is an important belt. So after seeing it come back, I like I said, I want to keep that belt because it does look nice. Um, I do yeah. like kind of the ultraviolet belt too, the design, how it kind of does a little callback to ECW with the the ultraviolet lettering onto the belt and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was it was cool seeing the belt, and I liked how Cole uh, Radrick won with the belt or won the match to earn the belt. He uh, hit Marco with a crazy stiff like Triple H spiked pile driver, like when he was spiking. Oh, those, that's right. When he was spiking uh, all those uh, enhancement talents, when uh, Triple H was kind of starting, he would just spike their head into it. Yeah, Marco like looked like he was going to go up thinking a different move but then cole just dragged him right head first into the mm-hmm. mess so that was a cool looking pedigree move but i as well as you said i am excited to see cole radrick have the belt because i'm and he's kind of the perfect person i was kind of hoping if they don't turn that belt into a scramble match i think while he has shown his uh prowess lately into the deathmatch scene i'm kind of glad he's not into the ultraviolet title scene yet even though he did have a chance against alex cologne i think this uh-huh. extreme belt's going to fit him better than the ultraviolet because of his range and what kind of matches he brings to the table on one-on-one a triple threat match a scramble match a deathmatch if you want to do it i am very excited to see where this belt's going to go from here i'm glad to see it back i was kind of sad to see aj gray lose it but um if it was he was going to lose it to anyone that match, I was kind of hoping it would be Cole Radrick or maybe even Axon Ray. But I know it's still way too young for Axon Ray to be carrying any belt in that company right now. So Cole has earned it, especially on the run he's been lately. Hopefully this yeah. will improve his uh, outlook for the rest of the year, as I think, like I said, he's been killing it this year. So I'm excited to see what is going to come next with the EC, uh, ECW, the GCW Extreme Championship <laughs> belt for the second match of the evening. We had Speedball Mike Bailey going against, once again, everybody's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin. And I had high hopes coming into this match. While the match was good overall, I think maybe I just had higher expectations for this match, which I think could absolutely been attained if it was given more time, which we always kind of talk about in some of these matches we get so excited for. The time seems to hurt it, and I believe... The time given to these two was not enough to make it as good as I was looking forward to. But overall, it was a nice, solid match. What was your opinions on this match, John? Uh, It started out with Bailey coming out with his usual doing the punches and kicks. I love it. I love the music. I'm a big BC Boys fan. So I thought that was uh, that was really enjoyable. Like always, anytime I hear that music hit, it's like, oh, here we go. Uh, Tony comes out then launches a fan fans uh, had at least 50 plus feet into the crowd. It's probably a new record. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was good. It was a fast start overall. There was no posing, no drama. It just went straight to fighting. There was no frills in this. Nobody was posing. Nobody was working the crowd. 
just brawl, brawl, brawl. Uh, Bailey wasn't really doing much to be a face in this situation. We're mostly carried by Tony's heel persona. So Tony was really playing it up, but Mike wasn't really trying to play a face in any way. There was lots of counters, a lot of a lot of really good exchanges. Uh, at one point, there was a top rope double foot stomp on Speedball's back from Tony. I found that really, uh, really uh I can't think think of a good word for it. It was just really impressive. So I wanted to make sure I wrote that down. That's pretty much the notes that I had for this one. Um, yeah, there was just, oh, I just wanted to mention real quick because I can't say this in a lot of matches. That match had brawling, kicking, holds, high-flying moments. There were no slow spots. There were no, uh, there were no real dives. It was just everything was in one match. And uh, we generally don't get to see that in a quick 12-minute brawl. Yeah, um, like you said, I love the like the reversals. There was a lot of reversals. Mm-hmm. You can see Tony Deppin was obviously trying to be more aware of Speedball's uh, leg strikes and kicks. So I, I noticed a couple times during their match, like Tony Deppin would just randomly try to catch Speedball's leg, even though he didn't throw it. But he's anticipating the kicks coming, so he was just trying to attack that leg and try to ground um, Speedball and take it to the ground where Tony would obviously excel, and that's. Uh, form of wrestling i believe and i just think like you said i it was a good match i just wish it would have more time to tell a story because i think with those two and i i would like to see a feud like it doesn't even have to be for a title but nice little like best of seven series even between tony and mike bailey and give them some time during these matches i think Mm -hmm. they could tell a very incredible story with uh each other and especially over seven matches let's say Seven might be too long, but maybe like five or maybe even a best of three even because I think Tony would benefit greatly as a heel because everybody loves Speedball. But as you said, Speedball has done it a couple times lately where I thought he would be the face going against Axon Ray and he ended up playing more of a heel role then too. So I think Speedball's just trying to test out his character range and trying to work mm-hmm. more as a heel and a face, especially since it's kind of not on impact where... I guess that's where you could call his home now since he's under contract and he's the X division champion. I think this is where the GCW is a good venue for him to kind of experiment on what could possibly work on a, uh, some people's eyes, a bigger platform. I think GCW is better than impact in my personal opinion, but I like, I like seeing the different range of speedball being a face and a heel, especially kind of going against Tony. It was kind of interesting where you have a natural heel right there where he could, like show off how good of a face he could be and as he's done in many matches. It was kind of interesting to him see a little little bit diving into the heel tech. Yeah, I could have seen this one go 30 minutes. They easily could have done it. I absolutely agree with the best of series. Three, five, seven. Absolutely. I have absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. I noticed that both men have similar size and similar height. I don't know if I've ever noticed that before. But I am starting to notice that now. I would say as a dancing partner in the ring, I think that they both are uh, are perfect for each other. I think that Tony kind of keeps him into that ground game, keeps him with the fundamentals. And then I think Bailey can pull out some impressive moves and um, kind of stretch out what uh, what what a Tony, a, a regular Deppin match would look like. I think what's really making Tony special for us fans is that he's a very interactive or very vocal heel. So in the match, we're actually hearing him yell at someone. I think that showing his personality is really what, what the magic is for him. I could say that about plenty of GCW talents, 
but I was just sitting back and really thinking about it. And I watch it and I go, you know what? He has a similar, it's like Kevin Owens. I don't know if you ever watched him in yes. the Indies, but very interactive with the crowd. And that made him a great, great heel. And I, I love that heel face. I love hearing like the wrestlers talk in the ring. Um, I don't want to talk WWE because it's a GCW podcast, but like when Roman started doing that as the heel and you could just hear him like, you could hear every word he was saying during the matches. I love that because it added more storytelling within the yes. match while not yes. taking away from the match. It was something different, but I think I thought it was different in a good way. And yes, Tony Deppin, like as you were saying that, like that's where he, I think that's where maybe I like him more because he is more vocal, more interactive with the crowd. And that kind of explains why I kind of love him, even though I should hate him because he's a, asshole but <laughs> him even being an asshole he does surprisingly in my opinion pick up the victory over speedball in a clean fashion by the way which was kind of surprising well um and tony deppin gets uh on the win over speedball and a pretty big upset for me that for me i was actually kind of shocked like that started the night off to me for two shocks where hey cole won the extreme title which i didn't even expect the extreme championship to be defended on this card and then Tony Deppin getting the win over Speedball, I was I was shocked. So right after those first first two matches, my eyes were wide, and I was like, "Oh my God, what is going to happen the rest of the night?" So I thought it was a good way and progression for the night to keep on evolving and the rest of the card to play out how it did. For the third match of the evening, we have Nick Wayne going against the Sauce God Alex Zane, and once again, this is another match I was looking forward to. Another match, too, I think giving more time would have been uh, a better story would have been told. And I was kind of surprised at the result where we will go over at the end. But overall, I thought this was a pretty good match. They both kind of worked very clean and got their stuff in and showed off like their best moves. What was your opinion on this match, John? You know, first of all, it was really nice seeing Nick Wayne. He was fresh out of being detained in Iceland. There was a bomb scare on an airplane. I believe this was in England, and I think it was diverted over to Iceland. But either way, it was nice to see him on Alex Zane's side. It's a rare appearance, a rare appearance these days because he's working in Japan so much. So it was really nice to see him. The first minute of this match was chain wrestling. There were two near pinfalls. Nick had a standing Spanish fly, then a tope con heel, then a swanton bomb. And it was just, I mean, we're talking the first minute of the match. It looked like that. I mean, it was incredible. They came out hot and it was just entertaining. It was a good thing Epi didn't show up during this match or else he'd be like, hey, I'm out, guys. Restart Slow the match. Down. Slow it down again. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of, too, at the start of this match. I'm like, Whew, good thing Epi's not watching this match. Oh, man, you know, and I love seeing Nick Wayne use the perfect plex. I'm really hoping he keeps that. I don't know if that's one of those things that's just a one-time thing, but if somebody... If he listens at some point, please keep that. I love Mr. Perfect. I think it's just awesome. He executed it wonderfully. So I just wanted to kind of shove that in there. And that bridge that he adds to it is that's oh. what make that's what makes it stand out to me is how quick he will hit the move and then bridge right up with no transition. It's so smooth and clean. And that's where it shows like he is more skilled and mentally ready for wrestling than anyone I've seen, especially at his age, obviously, but like even you don't get the veterans that have that fluidity to pull off that yeah. kind of move without taking a little, even a small transition. How fluid he hits that is phenomenal. And I, I as well love seeing that move. Yeah. Uh, Nick Wayne had a dragon suplex into a code red, which was just wow. 
They did a lot of fighting in short bursts. I noticed that even though both men can kind of go quickly for longer period of, uh, periods of time, Zane kind of slowed it down and put it more to regular pace, which I think in this scenario, unless you're 17 years old, you're not going to be able to keep up with a pace like that. So I really think it was nice to see Zane in a situation where he was more or less the veteran. And he put it in a situation. He just he just slowed down the whole match, and it was a better story because of that. Yeah, and I think his time, as I've kind of mentioned before, his time in New Japan, him slowing the pace down, that is absolutely a New Japan thing where they like, hey, we got two minutes, we're going to blow their heads off, and then we're going to take two minutes off and catch our breath and let the crowd digest what they just saw, and then we're going to give them two minutes more of craziness. And that's where I think his... Him touring in New Japan, as I said before, I love seeing it because I think he's gotten mm -hmm. so much better on his return from New Japan than his original return to GCW. I think this was just another step in that evolvement of him keep on or evolvement, evolution of keep on growing as a wrestler. And I like as much as you said, it's a rare appearance seeing him in GCW. I think it's been actually kind of a more of a treat seeing him because we haven't seen him in a while. But every time he yeah. comes back, he's improved, and I love seeing that. And I'm I'm a uh, have a little favoritism towards Alex Zane being the sauce god and talk about all that stuff. So I want to see him more, but I, as Alex Colon always says, I rather quality over quantity, and he's definitely given the quality out right now. Yeah, you know, uh, it. I could see that they both had another gear or two in them that this match they didn't need to use and didn't have to use. I really do need to thank New Japan because it does show that Zayn has had exponential growth overall. He's learned so much from being over there. And I know that's a treat for any any uh, performer to be able to go over there because of how much they will learn. And I'll kind of segue into the fact that Nick Wayne, if he had the ability to go over there, he's so intelligent. He's still so young. He's so ring smart. I think he would soak up and absorb so much knowledge if he had a small tour over there. I think he'd be loved in Japan. Not only he has that American boy look that I think Japanese uh, fans would probably just love. I think if he, once he turns 18 and he kind of fills out his body a little bit more, I would love to see him in Japan as well because that would their, their strong style would toughen him up, but that strong style mm -hmm. would also show like, Hey, he's not a kid no more. He's a man and he's taking this punishment. So that way, when he goes up against possibly, let's say a John Moxley in the future or whoever's a GCW champion, or when he goes to AEW, he's going to be facing a lot bigger competition out there in a talking about like size, a bigger competition where he's going to have to get his body ready to take those kind of beatings. And I don't think there's a better spot for him to kind of build up that body to get used to absorbing all of those stiff strikes other than new Japan. So I would like to definitely see him in new Japan as well. I want to hear uh Suzuki call him a fucking young boy too. So I would like to hear that <laughs> as well. That is the match where I don't think the styles would clash, but I still want to see it. So that's one of those GCW matches where I'm like, how are those two going to work out? Oh, worked out perfectly. So maybe one day we'll get Suzuki versus Nick Wayne, where Suzuki could uh, Nick Wayne some tricks here and there. But we will go right into the finish here. And surprisingly, Nick Wayne picks up the victory over New Japan's own uh, Alex Zane. So for me, that's three kind of shocks in a row of three different winners. And I was, as we were talking last episode, I was kind of excited of where maybe this show would head towards homecoming. And the first three matches, I already see three upsets with 
the young talent in Nick Wayne, the old veteran yeah. in Cody Deppin, and then now Cole Radrick, the new Extreme Championship. Like I was getting hyped for homecoming and i still had and we still have the rest of the card to cover so i was like my excitement level was rising with each and every mm -hmm. single match kind of like how they did but in the la show and um no signal in the hills too like that, this was i had the same kind of feeling where i was going to text you i'm like dude i just said like last week was a top five card this might be another top five card but yeah it was fun this this one with Nick Wayne, I'll tell you, I was looking at it and I had a feeling, I, not more than, I had more than a feeling that Nick Wayne was going to win this because when I'm looking at it, I go, okay, it's, it's nice to see Zane, you know, what happens if he just comes in and kicks the shit out of one of our golden boys? It's not going to look good. It's, it's, it's just, it's not a great way to welcome Zane back to the States. So I'm, I'm thinking, all right, he's going to come in. He's going to make our like guy look good. He stands to, to gain a lot less than Nick Wayne does. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think, though, it's pretty surprising that I'm this is where I, I don't know how much involvement New Japan has in, let's say, Alex Zane's booking on a GCW show. If they would want to kind of protect their star since he's kind of now a bigger star in New Japan, even though I think he still wrestles enough in GCW where we could kind of call him one of our own, one of our regulars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but I, those, like, as you said, those appearance appearances are now coming fewer and fewer and farther between. Where I was actually kind of like, I was shocked that New Japan would say, hey, go, it's okay. Go ahead and let him lose to a 17-year-old up-and-comer. So that's where the shock kicked into me. And as we talked uh, before of a possible, um, well, I'll go back. I'll cover that when we cover near the end of the show. I'll come back to that part. That's fine. And the winner of our match ended up being Black Taurus, Gringo Loco, and Jack Hartwheel. Yes, very fun match, and I think a good uh, lead-in to our next match, based off of the Luchador talk. For our next match of the night, we have Psycho Clown going against Joey Janela, or as Pollo Damar uh, liked to say, the internet's most hated wrestler, Joey Janela. And I've been kind of looking forward to this match ever since, um, I think it was If I Die First in, uh, in Dallas, where GCW ran a show and they had Gringo going against Psycho Clown, Joey Janela going against Dos Wagner. I was kind of hoping to see also the same matches, except Gringo Loco going against Dos Wagner and um, Psycho Clown going against Joey Janela. I just had to wait a couple months for it, but I finally got it. And this match, I was very much looking forward to how Psycho Clown would do because every time we've kind of seen Psycho Clown in a GCW ring, it's more been like hardcore matches, not yeah, really yeah. a traditional setting. And how Joey is, he's not just traditional either, but he's been doing more traditional stuff. I was kind of seeing how the two styles of Psycho Loco and Joey Janela would uh, interact with each other during this match. What was your opinion on it? Well, right off the bat, I actually expected a hardcore match. I figured between these two, there was going to be blood watching quickly. Uh, I'm a sucker for clowns. So right off the bat, I want to admit that I have a Psycho Clown mask at my house and uh, I have it signed. So I'm going to be kind of a kind of pro Psycho Clown. If you want to, you can blame Doink, uh, La Parca and even uh, <clears throat> ICP a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to admit to it, but I might admit to it. I uh, I love watching Psycho bringing kids into the ring. I really think that's a feel-good moment. He's one of those guys that he can come off very scary. So for him to come out and reach out to the kids and kind of have that happy moment. Uh, uh, and just being a death, death wrestler, too, I think that's really kind of cool. I know. It's if just I was a really a, cool moment. 
I know if I was a kid and I know my son, like if we where you were to see Lo- Psycho Clown, like I would be terrified. I wouldn't be like he's mm-hmm. like you said, he's got it where like he even his mask looks terrifying and he kind of comes out with the clown music, but a little bit darker version of it. I would be terrified of it as a kid, but these all these kids love him, but he is giving them a reason to love him because he's going out and hey, there's a kid here. Let's go dance with them and hey, let's go bring them to the ring and stuff like as you said. Like he definitely is getting the attention of the kids and the crowd, and especially for being a scary looking clown, in my opinion. Like the kids love it. And I love, like, as you said, I love seeing him bring that interactivity to the kids as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then I liked how when Joey had his entry. They had a thing now where they actually fan split and then they had the, the camera kind of roll up almost like a ramp up to Joey. And it's, you know, it's like the WWE, yep. or the WCW style camera where they're rolling up on him. I really did like that. It's kind of old school, but at the same time, it, it works for Joey. If he decides to keep that, I would, my personal opinion is I really liked it. By the time he got to the ring, we had dueling chance. They, they both did a handshake. So we made sure that it was, you know, fair across the board. They're as clean as two dirty guys can be. Psycho was noticeably larger, and this was the first time I'd ever really mentioned that before, but this was one of those times where I really thought those two guys were similar in size, and no, Psycho is much more, he's much larger. Um, There was very little dead time in this match. It was constant. It was an even burn. It was very obvious that this was a veteran match. They were wrestling like two veterans who've done this a long time. They wrestled like two veterans who've actually had training that learned how to storytell. So here we go again, where Psycho's mask kind of got ripped a little bit. I wrote down that I dislike that. That's all all I wrote. But yeah, then that goes into that brawl into the crowd. Joey starts bleeding. Then we have uh, KG and Prezak discussing who in the crowd is on app. That was probably the first time I've, I've heard about that. Uh, Joey getting hit in the chair with a dick, then turned over and hit in the ass. That yes. uh, that right there is where I want to stop and hand it over to you. But <laughs> seeing those spots, seeing how they do those spots, um, I like it. I, that's one of those spots. So I see it's kind of happening quite often where it kind of takes the yeah. fun away from it and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Psycho Clown, this was one of his better matches I've seen in GCW. Um, not saying he's had bad matches. It's kind of like more comedy matches that get a little crazy as the match goes on. But this, I think as a whole, like he really showed something to me, like something stood out. I, I can't put my finger on it. If it was maybe because mm-hmm. it was Joey kind of maybe leading the pace. But as you said, it's two veterans here where I don't know how much the language barrier was going on, but I've talked to Psycho Clown and he seems like to know pretty good English, but his yeah. knowledge of the wrestling. And as you said, keeping the fast pace going where there was like not really any stops as we've seen kind of enjoy matches where it gets kind of crazy. Then he does his little that rest hold, but gets the wrestler down to the ground and then he kind of talks his shit to the fans or plays it mm-hmm. up to the fans and stuff like that. Psycho Clown kept up with them, and I I want to see more of this Psycho Clown than the kind of previous versions we've seen. Not versions, but different uh, ones that we've seen him in matches in GCW. This was one of my favorite ones, and I want to see this Psycho Clown more often. Yeah, it was the wrestling Psycho Clown. It was yes. less, less of the Deathmatcher, more of the Psycho Clown. 
I liked how KG said, fuck the European uppercut. The Mexican uppercut is way superior. Let's be real. And then I think he mentioned that the Europeans probably stole it off the Mexicans. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I uh, remember uh, Winston kind of on that comment, too. It was like, oh, we're, we're going to get there. Let's, let's stay away from the politics there. But he probably didn't mean it that way. It's just something. Oh, as, no, no, no. The just shit that fun. goes on in his head and that comes out of his mouth. It's like, where does he come up with some of these things? Yeah, I just share what spews. I, right. I wrote down here. I just don't know if this was a quote down my. I put Joey get nervous door. Wonder. Uh, Joey Spear into Psycho through the door. We started to have this is awesome chance. Psycho gets superplexed through chairs. Joey gets a door, and we hear fuck that door chance. <laughs> and I mean, it was it was obvious. Even commentary was these people really don't like doors what's the problem with doors <laughs> it's the doors so. that they seem to be giving joey where now i'm kind of starting to think it might be a little rib brett's playing on joey it's like oh yeah this door is good check it out yeah <laughs> like yep. nope it's one of those japanese doors where you're gonna have to go through it five different times before it finally breaks but i this was a good match i thought it was a given a little bit more time than needed as we've been kind of seeing like, Hey, we want more time. We want more time. And this one, I was kind of hoping for maybe just a little bit less. And maybe that time could have been split up between some of those earlier matches we saw throughout the night, but being it a Joey Janela match, you know, he wants all the glory, all the shine. He wants the time on him and he's earned it and he's been killing it. And it still was a good match. I just think this one could have been actually cut back a little bit and given more time to other people. I did forget to mention Joey's, uh, I, uh, did they make yeah. did they make a comment during it? Did he get like attacked by a fan? Is that what I'm? I don't know if I'm remembering it correctly. Or did did he make a comment, kind of bringing it back to like when Shawn Michaels got jumped and wherever he was when he got beat when he said he lost his smile? Did was that a comment of that or was it like a real injury? I might have missed that part. You know, I couldn't tell you. The okay. only thing that I know they mentioned Joey was that this one, and then or was that a different one? No, go ahead. Here, hold on. Go ahead, man. Oh, uh, I, I couldn't hear you were cutting in and out. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no go ahead. Maybe it's my microphone. No, repeat what you just said. I missed it. Uh, no, I was just saying that, um, you know what? I honestly just forgot what the hell I was just telling you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, because it, no. it made me skip for a minute. Um, no, you're good. Uh, no. The injury, Joey's injury, was it, did they make light oh, of it, of it being a real injury that happened or I, I, something in my mind's making me think that KG brought up like the whole Shawn Michaels of when he got jumping attacked by fans uh, outside of the wrestling, like at a bar somewhere. Like, I don't shortly. know if that's what happened. Shortly. Okay. That's what he did. Okay. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of interesting uh-huh. as we were kind of talking about leading into this whole event of hoping the fans don't attack Joey. And he's been kind of like joking around. I'm going to have a bulletproof uh, glass when I do my meet and greets and then seeing Joey come out with a black eye that kind of made, made me wonder like what happened like did something happen that we were kind of talking about we wish didn't happen did he maybe get hurt at a previous match that wasn't on a GCW card I couldn't remember what happened and now that I'm actually now that I'm talking it out I think I do remember seeing him yep. accidentally taking taking a little stiff shot to the eye during one of his non-GCW matches mm. So then our winner ended up being Psycho Clown with a top rope Spanish fly through the door, which was a 21 minute affair, man. And here's what happened after that. They introduced Conrad Thompson. And I thought it was really cool. We showed up. I don't know how many matches he's been to. I believe it's rare. Then Nick Gage's music hits. And here comes his entrance. Emil and- goes through the introduction, man. It was electric. Yes. And I, I was, I was, when I saw, first saw Conrad, 
it made me think like, wait, has he been sitting in that same chair the whole night? But because he was uh-huh. facing the hard cam right by the entrance. I'm like, I can't remember if he was sitting there all night or just kind of like what they did prior with uh, Pollo Del Mars having her sit up front because she had a little spot right, at the right, end. Right. Yeah, so that made me stick out. Like I saw Conrad and then I heard Nick Gage. I'm like, oh, this ain't going to be good if it goes off of anything. What Joey uh, tweeted out about a couple like two days prior to the show. I was very interested to see what uh, Nick Gage had to say. You know, yeah. So then here we go with the GCW chance, GCW. You know, that's going to happen. I'm Gage is out. right off the bat. Where's my motherfucking gang at? You know, and here's what we're here for. We're here for Ric Flair. He puts over Ric Flair, making sure that he gets his props. Then he starts to talk about how he sees this person's on the card. Then he sees this company's on the card, this company. But for some reason, he noticed GCW isn't on that card. So he turns to Conrad and he asks, you know, do you have a problem with MDK or GCW? So basically he says MDK and GCW is coming to that auditorium. We're kicking the door down. They're taking over the show. Right after that, you know, the fans go nuts, but Conrad gets up and leaves. Nick Gage leaves again with the music playing out the door. He goes, it was a great little setup. It was fucking exciting, dude. And uh, Conrad didn't look too happy when he got up and left. too. He didn't take kindly to those words from Nick Gage. And it was at this point of the night where I did finally uh, DM you on Twitter and I don't remember if we talked about this on any of our shows or if this was an off uh, podcast conversation we had, but I was kind of said something similar to what uh, Nick Gage was saying, where he's kind of piggybacking off Joey Janela, the tweet that a couple days prior, where I remember mm-hmm. as soon as I saw Joey's tweet, I was like, are they going to do a GCW invasion angle? Is something like that going to happen? Like, no, there's no way. Cause kind of what I was almost spoiled a little bit earlier. They would have to get with like with Alex Zayden losing to Nick Wayne. They'd have to get. I don't. I don't know if they'd have to get New Japan's permission on that. I'm just assuming so. Of the bookers working together to protect their own talent uh, as they're working on different companies. But I was like, when Joey sent out that tweet, it's like I don't see any GCW people here. I was like, are they going to do an invasion? I would really like to see it. But then as I actually thought about it, I'm like. There's no way they'd get MLW to sign off on something like that because it involves mm-hmm. their wrestlers. No way they get New Japan. No way they get AEW. No way they'd get NWA. Like all these different companies that they've worked with, AAA. I was like, no way they get all these companies to okay GCW kind of a uh, running rough shot on their talent at Ric Flair's last match. So once Nick Gage come out and kind of said the same thing, my light bulb mm-hmm. went off again. My excitement went through the roof and I was texting him like, this is what I was talking about. This is what they're going to do. They're going to do the invasion angle. I know it. I know it's going to happen the next night. So I got super excited. As you said, that's where it became exciting for me. And my uh, antennas were definitely up the rest of the night. And going into Ric Flair's last match, I was very interested to see what could possibly happen. But Nick Gage, as we've said before, if he's not wrestling, I'm fine with that. He's earned to take that time off or yeah, yeah, as he yeah. makes mention in um I think it was Moxley's main event he mentions like hey if I do come back if I got one more left in me it's going to go against Moxley so I like seeing Nick Gage come out you still get the pop it still gets the crowd excited even if he's not wrestling they just want to see the king Nick Gage and they got to see it and I think it kind of opened up uh, Conrad's eyes of oh we let GCW have a uh, show the night before our big show I hope they don't 
really use their whole last outlaw motto to uh, actually become last out outlaws and interfere in our card. So it was a very good tease and a prelude of what would uh, come in the next night event at Ric Flair's last match. Yeah, as soon as I heard everything, I'm sitting there going, okay, okay, did, rewind, rewind. Did, did I hear the word invasion? Did I hear? I mean, they said they're kicking open that door. You know, I'm making sure I get it right. And I'm starting to flash back to the 90s on all these invasions fucking excited i was about all of it and from that point forward until rick flair's show i was tweeting online guys there's gonna be a fucking invasion there's gotta be an invasion i mean i'm yep. so excited like a kid i was waiting for this damn invasion to go down exactly i was thinking like right in my head when i'm seeing that i'm like oh kevin nash and scott hall just coming out showing up making their little appearance letting the, the world know that hey gcw is here even though we're not on this uh, Ric Flair's last match card, you guys seem to forgot about us, but we are here. We're making noise. And that's kind of what was going on in my head. And I was like, oh, well, maybe we could have Nick Gage come out and interfere in one match. And maybe Joey Janela could come out and interfere in a match. And maybe uh, SGC will interfere in the tag match between the Wolves and um, the Motor City Machine Guns. I had my booking. I was going crazy. And I know I was probably mm -hmm. bothering the shit out of you that. And I'm like, oh, what if this happens? No, or it'd be no. cool if this happens. Like, like you said, I got like a kid where I got excited. And I started thinking about when I fell in love with the NWO and all that stuff. Where I was like, possibilities are endless, especially the way the wrestling landscape is so quickly changing now, where everyone is working together to put on these awesome shows like Ric Flair's last match, where you get all these companies working together to put something on for the fans. It's something I would love to see in, and I want to see way more of it in these next couple months, years, however long wrestling's around. I think that whole night, it was kind of a cool showcase of, hey, this is what wrestling can be when we all work together. Now, obviously, there was like one big company missing from that whole card, but just imagine if they hopped on board now with working together with other companies. I just think that's where GCW, that's why I love GCW so much is seeing, oh my God, I get to see Speedball Mike Bailey, Impact X Division Champion going against New Japan Wrestling Legend Minoru uh, Suzuki. Like That's a match I would never see anywhere else except GCW. Yep. And I think that Ric Flair's last that whole card was a cool thing of, hey, we could do GCW on a bigger level as long as we get all these companies work together to make it fun for the fans. And I think that's ultimately where some of these wrestling companies are missing the point of if you don't make the fans happy. You're not going to make the money. If you're just worried about making money, putting on cool shows, you're not going to really get the investment from the fans to keep coming back to you and keep investing their money in your product. For the sixth match of the evening, we had Big Breakfast, The Clout Cutter, Jordan Oliver going against Bandito and Bandito. This is a kind of return match. We haven't seen him in GCW in a little bit, but his, this is a return match for him just in general as uh, about a month, six weeks prior, he landed on his head at a triple A show. And so he had to take some time off with that. So this was a kind of a warm up match for him or a return match, really not a warm up, I should say. And of course I was super excited for it as it, it was Jordan Oliver, but I had tempered expectations because for some reason, and I was wrong here too. I don't know why I always thought this, but <laughs> something was telling me like Bandito was picking up victory after victory. And I just didn't think he would uh, take the defeat against Jordan Oliver. So I was definitely thinking, Oh, like I'm excited to see what Jordan has. This is, I love when he gets these bigger names against like a Biff Busick or speedball and stuff. I like seeing him push himself and, 
get better talent or go against better talent. And mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. was one of these matches I was definitely excited for, but I also had tempered expectations on the ending of the match. So uh, what was your feeling uh, about this match? Um, I was laughing because right off the bat, Bandy came out black down that he looked like a bat. I also wrote down that I was really anticipating a great match. I just know that these two were going to deliver overall. On Twitter, you could see that Jordan Oliver was 100% about this match. He really wanted to prove himself. You could tell that this was really important to him. I don't know if he had real ones or not, but he had a little bit of doubt out there. You know, just who knows why. And I'm, I'm sure he's going to, especially with something like this. This is such an important match for him. There was a great opening exchange of moves between both men. It really was fast paced. I put down the word impressive. There was one quick move after another, just boom, boom, boom. There was a point where there were dueling chants, you know, Jordan Oliver, Bandito chants back and forth, back and forth. I was really happy with it overall. It was a really great match. Yes. And I like, like I said, I like hearing him get the chance, Jordan. Uh, I already know Bandito's going to get the chance. He's world renowned. He's respected. He's former Ring of Honor world champion and do incredible things for AAA as well. And I knew he would get the chance, but I know in the GCW crowd, like I said, I've talked about this in the past. It kind of depends on where Jordan was at, like location, if it was in Atlantic City or Dallas or L.A. I think it always just depended on the location, on what kind of crowd reaction Jordan would get. But I think over these last couple months, especially his good, crazy match with Biff uh, Busick in L.A. and um, him tagging with Nick Wayne and they're just killing it on the tag scene for GCW, I think he's earned... The crowd, no matter where they go, they, he's earned their respect and they are cheering for him. So I always love seeing that because I'm a Jordan Oliver fan. So, of course, like whenever he gets booed and sometimes I understand why he gets booed. And especially when he first started his career, I was like, why are they booing him? And I get it. He was just a he was a little prick back then when he first started GCW and kind of <laughs> had to take the beatings and earn uh, the respect of the GCW roster and the fans as well. But I definitely think over these last few months, Jordan has definitely earned the crowd's respect and his in-ring talent has gone above and beyond anything that I saw kind of coming this short amount of time. And I just love seeing the improvement on him. And as you said, um, this was a kind of a big match for him. I know, like you said, his yeah. Twitter, he was talking, he's always working out with Nick Gage in the gym, helping Nick Gage get back in shape for hopefully a comeback. But also Nick Gage is in there pushing him. And I think that's kind of a really good person to push Oliver um, because it's Nick Gage. And if you could earn Nick Gage's respect, I think that will go a long way in the GCW crowd and earning their respect. And I think we're kind of seeing that more as Jordan is uh, keep on performing and keep on putting great out, great performances as well. Yeah, part of that great performances that I wanted to mention. In fact, I wrote down here that all super kicks look excellent. I mean, just absolutely excellent. I have in here also, this is about three quarters of the way through, so we're talking eight and 10 minutes in here. I actually wrote down that Oliver is hanging in well so far. I didn't know if I thought that he was going to get this far. I know this was a very important match for him, but um, wow, this Oliver push is just incredible. I really think part of the push is him working with Nick Gage. I really think that that might be a direct thing where he's taking notes on not just match situations, but uh, they're out there motivating each other. They're making sure that each other are on the same page. I'm guessing maybe he's teaching Jordan a little bit about how to carry the GCW flag. That is exactly the one point I was going to make as soon as 
uh you said it is i think the best way to get the gcw crowd is with nick gage and i know he went up against nick gage at the beginning of last year i believe it was uh for nick gage's title match and or for nick gage's gcw title and i don't think jordan was not ready at that point and you could definitely see it he didn't have the crowd even though yeah, he was a he heel ready. yeah he was he was a heel and I think you saw during that match, too, that Nick Gage wanted him to do some more extreme kind of stuff and kind of test himself and try new things in that match that he had. But you could tell Jordan was very reluctant into doing some of these spots. So him working with Nick Gage and obviously at some point throughout that time, he earned Nick Gage's respect. And there's no you want to get the crowd behind you, the GCW crowd. If Nick Gage can't teach you, I don't know who can. So I think it's a perfect uh, kind of being under his tutelage is going to be a good thing overall for Jordan. I think for Jordan's sake, it was really good that he didn't go the death match route. I think that you're you're right. He was he was definitely dipping his toe in the death match uh, in the death match ring. I remember there was a spot where he was getting his face burned on. uh, I think it was Sparks. There were some Sparks, the pyro coming off of one of the. Yeah. So I mean, I. I don't know. I don't know how much more I can really say about it. I mean, it just continues. I, I went back and looked just to make sure I was right. Uh, Oliver does have the most matches in GCW this year, and he is the fifth most in total wins. Now, this is as of I wrote it down just a couple days ago, but I wanted to make sure I issued a little correction because I was kind of going off the top of my head, I believe, the last show. Yeah. So, um, jo- yeah, this was a great match. Bandito is always delivers in his matches. And Jordan, as you have in your notes, and I think you just said it too, he stepped up his game. He proved that he can be in there with one of the world's best. He's slowly and surely doing that. And I really uh, I really just like seeing the growth in any performer, especially Jordan being one of my favorites and seeing how much he's grown and how much he's actually taken it, I want to say, more serious. I know they always joke with his nickname, Big Breakfast, because when he first started GCW, he was scrawny. He didn't have no muscles. And I think... Him eating a breakfast and now turning, getting into the gym and toning out where I think that's the best right now for him. I'd never seen him look as good as he's done now. Even though this match was a little bit shorter, I believe it was yeah 12 minutes. I was kind of hoping this as the Joey Janela Psycho Clown match started to get more time. I was thinking maybe these more upper card main event uh, as it got closer to the main event matches would be extended a little bit longer in time. Yeah, you can kind of yeah. tell they kept everything short to kind of just try to get everybody in and still put on a great show. I think Bandito is awesome. And for uh, Jordan to prove himself against Bandito would say a lot to not just the GCW crowd. Because as we said, this is a more traditional, probably old school wrestling crowd with being a lot of Ric Flair fans being there for his mm-hmm. final match. And Jordan being a more traditional wrestler, I think this was a good showcase for him for these other companies out there like mlw who got rid of them earlier last year or near the end of last year and impact being there and AEW and new japan and triple a like maybe that would be a step where maybe he can now start going on some excursions getting even more better than what he is doing now and keep on improving and learn different styles of wrestling i think that would just help him keep on uh, growing as a performer, keep earning the fans' respect. I would hate to see him take time away from GCW to do this, but obviously it would need to happen. And if it's for the betterment of his character and him as a wrestler, I would absolutely be willing to sacrifice a couple weeks not seeing him on a GCW platform. So I might have to go check him out on whatever one he does. But hopefully that will lead to something in the near future for him uh, for a quote-unquote bigger company. And I think another thing that would help him 
would be a victory over Bandito, which he <laughs> did get. And uh, that one, like I said, that was a shock to me. As I, I was, I was going into this match. I wanted to see a good match. I want to see Jordan improve, but and no, I, I thought there was no doubt he would win, but he did uh, end up surprising Bandito. I think he hit him with two clout cutters. Maybe it was just one, but yeah, yeah, back to back. It, yeah, to really put that nail in that coffin and stamp mm-hmm. his get the stamp of approval. And then, uh, yeah, he picked up a victory, and then. Uh, I end up cheering super loud, and I watched that one. This was a late card for even the West Coast. It was like almost midnight when by the time this was happening, I was like screamed at the top of my lungs. It was like I was shocked and surprised, so I got the pop from me, and then I had to make mm-hmm. sure I didn't yell too loud and wake up the family and stuff. But it was worth. <laughs> if I had to get yelled at for it, I'll take it if it's a Jordan win and add on to another list of surprises. This night brought on to me. This was a nice uh, surprise seeing him get the victory, but it was a well earned victory at that. For the seventh match of the evening, we have the GCW Tag Team Title three-way match as Team Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie are defending their titles against the team of Los Macisos, Lopi, and Medio Extremo, and the second gear crew, SGC, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice. And kind of like I said a couple times already on this podcast, I know this was another match I was very looking much forward to because of... Seeing Los Macisos and SGC, I could take that all day long. Then you throw in the champions with Team Bussy in there and the amazing role that they've been on. I had no idea who was going to win this match. I was cool with any of the three teams winning this match because all three have been killing it on the tag team scene in GCW. Um, John, what was your opinion going into this match? You know, going into it, it was just really fun from the get go. You know, SGC comes out, they went up and they were giving love to everybody in the crowd. They're coming over to those two guys with the we're on acid sign, lots of hugs from everyone. You know, here comes Macisos. Music is really grown on me. I freaking love it. <laughs> Same thing, man. They're getting over with the crowd. This was face versus face versus face. Yep. Pussy comes out. Same thing as always. Great energy, especially out of Alley. So, I mean, the. It was just fun getting to the ring, big party right off the bat. You know, bell rings. Fans are literally, I think it was a fan brought a tall, a tall boy up to SGC. So Manson Justice kind of takes a little drink in, does their thing, and then, you know, move on to their match. But it was just great overall. You know, there was a point where everybody got to do their tope. They had a tope <laughs> moment, you know, so that was cool. Uh, otherwise, though, I was really happy to just see this match. This was one of those matches where... I mean, in my opinion, if if Bussy were to lose, I was fine seeing them lose to either Los Macisos or SGC. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, either one of these three, well, I would have been absolutely fine with winning. I would, I have my reasons for all three of them, but especially with Team Bussy, they've been representing GCW very well, as we talked about in other independent promotions, as well as in GCW, as they've been uh, defending these tag titles against new teams, against past teams that we've seen before they defended mm-hmm. it against current teams they defended in all these different kinds of styles of matches mm-hmm. i just love everything they've been doing on the tag scene so i was if they would have win i'm i'm happy for it because i think they're kind of elevating that title but i also could see sgc keeping on that uh, elevating that title again i would love to see los macisos win those titles back that they lost uh, earlier or earlier last year i should say but I was super excited and these three, I was waiting for the fuckery to happen. And pretty much we got like that hot start, as you said, with everyone getting all their shit in with the Tope Canhilos and bodies were just flying everywhere. Typical SGC uh, match. 
I don't remember seeing the SGC split screen this match, though. I could be wrong, but just thinking about the top of my head, I don't remember seeing the split screen. But um, I don't. I I have it in my notes. I do not remember it. So I mean, I like I said, sometimes I do this late at night. I if I put it in, good. But I don't personally remember it myself either. I'm gonna have to just. I, I guess I trust my notes. <laughs> I, I trust you in my notes. So I don't know. Uh, I'd like to know how Cyclope can wrestle in that hoodie. I want to know how Cyclope can wrestle in the, uh, he has his headphones on most of the match as well. <laughs> Even though he does cheat and puts it around his neck like a necklace for most of the match. I love, yeah, he's just pretty crazy. I think as we were kind of talking about off, off camera with the, they wrestle in Zona a lot and everything. I think maybe he just yeah. feels comfortable wearing it just in case of, Shards of glass possibly laying around, even though we know he doesn't really care about that as he goes into death matches all the time. But I think he just cuts out there and he gets too emotionally involved in the match and what's going on where he forgets to take the headphones off or take the hoodie off. I think now he just keeps those headphones on as part of a little gimmick going. But I, it's so fun seeing the Macisos back in the GCW ring. I can't stay yeah. there. And I stayed it all the time. I just can't state it enough. Like, I'm just so glad they're back and killing it and all these different matches that they've been doing. Yeah, this really was the match that that had Bussy the most threatened for their titles overall. It uh I just it it just it had a big match feel. This is one of those ones I almost wish they would have held off to this weekend for homecoming. Yes. Because that that, be. that would have just, you know, that would have been that big match feel. It, it would have felt so good. There was a spot where Mance did the quad eye pokes. Yeah. And then he tried to poke towards the camera. You know, I thought that was funny, too. I loved all the weapons. There were so many weapons in this match that I mean, that was that was really I think the big thing was it was just, a, a, you know, a slobber knocker. But it really did. It, it really eventually got into the ring and they had a great brawl weapons and all. They really found a great way to get six people to operate in a ring together and give each other enough space to really have a match. Yeah. And like with the brawling and everything going everywhere, that's where I think those, the, the second gear crew camera could, could always help out. Like you said, maybe it did happen. Maybe I just missed it, but I just love seeing that camera because you know, with SGC, especially with these other two teams are going against the, action is going to be everywhere and i'm mm -hmm. i like seeing all three like all three boxes going crazy like i can still see what's going on everywhere and that's where i wish more companies especially the bigger companies with the way bigger production value and everything that could i don't understand why they still don't do that i was watching like a show last night i just under why are we not doing the split camera stuff but anyway i digress um they bring out the light tubes and the crowd yeah. went ballistic and that even shocked me because we didn't see really any deathmatch stuff or too much other than doors or chairs. So actually when they brought out the light tubes, I'm like, Oh my God, are they just like allowed to do that? Do they just sneak that under there? Yeah. And like, they're just like, fuck it. We're SGC. We're those Macisos. We're bussy. Like we're going to just do it anyway. We'll pay whatever fine we have to take. But you saw the crowd as we were talking oh, about in the past, yeah. like or uh, earlier in this episode, the crowd like was not a typical GCW crowd. So they were like, oh, light tubes. What, what are they going to do with those light tubes? <laughs> like uh, you see oh, the GCW regulars going nuts. Like, yes, we're finally getting what we wanted to see. Yeah. You could, you could really see from the get go that the crowd was more of a mixed crowd. I mean, you could really see it. The, the surprise from the light tubes was something else. That first hit that went down with the light tube exploding. You could even see it in the crowd. Um, there was a point where I think you saw SGC built that huge structure of light tubes. Yep. I, yeah, it was, it was towards the end of the match there. 
Um, I don't. Oh, there was the part where they had had the, some of the light tubes already rolled up and KG was calling them pre-rolls yep, pre like that. That's the first time I've ever heard of that before. There were freaking chairs everywhere. I mean, absolutely everywhere. This thing was a great brawl. I mean, they, were, they really put a lot in in 15 minutes. And for a crowd that, like we said, probably they probably were assuming to the GCW upper management or whatever, Brad and all them. Like, I, I think maybe they're like, hey, this might be a brand new crowd. So we can't do too much of these death matches. We're going to think like, hey, that's all we do. We don't really do the wrestling and they're here because they grew up on more natural in-ring wrestling with no fuckery going on and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think this was... If you're going to introduce new fans to this kind of style without making it go way overboard, as we've seen in the past, where they we get absolute bloodbaths and just the nastiest looking spots with these light tubes and stuff like that, I think this was a good way to introduce a new crowd to GCW action and what they do with the light tubes and the death matches and the chairs. I think this was a good way of, hey, this is what we could typically do with it. We do get more crazy, but... If you like it, come check it out. We will get more crazier. And hey, if this ain't for you, at least this wasn't too much for you to go out and talk shit about our company of just being a deathmatch company with being unsafe and using all these tubes. Like, I think this was um, the correct way to introduce new crowd to a deathmatch kind of setting and feel. Yeah, I think they didn't go completely overboard, but I feel like this one was deathmatch done right. Yes. This, I mean, I, uh, I really didn't expect how this match was going to go. I'm definitely not unhappy with it. I'm not unhappy with this bussy title reign at all. I think I I don't know if it was playing up a little bit or I don't know if it was sheer sadness, but you could even tell that Allie was a little upset, you know, and and it was a beautiful reign. I I think she I I think I maybe maybe mentioned it in the past like one of these other past couple broad, uh, podcasts we did with Alley catch maybe specifically seeing how much they've meant to her. You can see the joy on her face as she gets to represent the company with a GCW title. And I think this might've been her first title reign in GCW as well. I could be completely wrong. Maybe other than the women's title, even then I could still be completely wrong. But um, I think you, as you said, you could see it on her face, how uh, much it meant to her to be a GCW tag team champion, especially with Effie. And they're still able to be themselves they're not being mm-hmm. watered down at all they're still able to do what they do as best as they do and representing gcw and like i said i think they really took it upon and you said it too i believe they took it upon themselves of hey we're going to represent this company all around the place and we're going to give it a good name and they did exactly that um yep. they were awesome tag team champions and as i'm saying into it or leading into it right now they did unfortunately lose the tag team titles in this match as Los Macisos are the new GCW tag team champions as Video Extremo hit a 450 splash on FD to become the new GCW tag team champions again. And that's where you could see Ali Catch like, oh, it's like, hey, it's real. I'm no longer a champion. Like, I don't think they took it off of team bussy because they did a bad job representing the company um as we could kind of allude to now and maybe get it more into it later i think there's a bigger plan for uh effie on team bussy mm-hmm. um i think mm-hmm. there's possibly something that could be going on there while i don't know where that leaves alley catch in this situation maybe like i don't think it's going to leave her hanging but she's been doing all this year's 
even though she might not have won all these matches, she's had this year almost every single dream match she's been wanting and she's asked for and she's gotten them. So yeah, yeah. I think she's happy with that. But I think she was really, as you can see, more happy actually being the GCW tag team, tag team title holder. And Team Bussy, you killed it. Hopefully we'll see you back in the scene again here real soon. But Please. I am also happy with the result because I am a Los Macisos fan. And just seeing them back here, all their hard work these last couple matches of kind of getting back into the swing of things in GCW. I really like seeing it kind of culminate. I would like, as you said, I kind of wish this would have happened this weekend. That's a coming up mm -hmm. homecoming. Mm -hmm. I thought that would have been more apropos. The team of Macisos coming back home, even though it's not their first time back in Jersey since they've been back, but they're back home at GCW. Here's their really their first time, uh, first shots since they've been back at the tag team titles. I thought it would have just been a uh, more of a better, good feeling for the fans and for them to get that win at homecoming and to uh, re uh, regain the GCW tag titles. But then winning at People versus GCW, I thought, like I said, this was a cool little way to showcase what GCW has to offer in sort of a deathmatch, more extreme wrestling setting than a typical tag team uh, match as well. Match number eight of the evening is Masha Slamovich going one-on-one -on -one against Kevin Blackwood. And this is a... Good stylistic matchup as both are known for their striking and kind of their little martial arts background and technical uh, background as well. I didn't really have too much high hopes for this. Um, I just was expecting a nice, good, decent match because I know this was going to be the match before the main event. So I, once again, as we kind of talked before in the past, I they weren't going to go too crazy with this match. They didn't want to get the, they wanted to get the crowd get their energy back before the main event. And I think that's what this match delivered on. It was a pretty good, solid match. A lot of striking, a lot of uh, groundwork. What was your thoughts on this match, John? You know, my thoughts were that it really was more of an old school match and pace. This was truly the proverbial before the main event match that goes on. It's the time for everything to kind of cool down just a little bit. You get to kind of settle into your seats. If someone needs to do anything beforehand, they know it's going to be coming up. So this was really a lot of pure wrestling. It was really enjoyable for that reason. Neither, uh, neither performer really used the top rope that much. It was really a lot of holds. Now, I'm not going to lie. It really showed from the beginning. Uh, it looked like Masha was off. I don't know if she was injured, but she wasn't herself. Usually she comes out and she's a badass. It really wasn't there tonight. I don't know why. Like I said, I would default to be her being injured because she's a badass. I mean, did, did you did you notice anything or did you see anything whatsoever? I think. You could tell maybe like they both were told maybe at the last second, like, hey, like we're kind of getting on this crunch time. We kind of want to give obviously our main event here some more time to go. So maybe mm -hmm. it's got to cut some shit out of this match to make it shorter. Maybe um, I know last we were talking about back to the bay. Kevin Blackwood kind of looked like he hurt his leg. So, yeah, um, with that and Mashevich kind of or, uh, Mashevich <laughs> Masha. Uh, Seemingly like kind of like, like you said, she didn't see it. I'm not into it, but maybe like, hey, something else was going on where like she was kind of more worried about protecting. Um, I think it was her leg that kind of looked hurt from what I kind of originally okay, thought when okay. it first came out. But I'm not, like, I wasn't paying too much attention to it because like you, like you uh, said, this just came out of the SGC match. And I was like on the high of Los Macisos winning. Mm -hmm, and then I saw mm -hmm. this match. I'm like, wait a minute. So wait, that's only this in the main event left. Like I was kind of, 
not toned out during this match, but I wasn't paying as much as attention as I probably should have been doing for this match. But it did look like, hey, something was not right there. Just, they didn't really click as much as I thought. So, like how I said, like oh, this especially, was yeah, especially for for being a couple and yeah. for knowing each other so well, they generally always mesh together well. Yeah, I I believe they're a couple, right? Oh, that's Akira. Oh no, kidding. Oh, sorry, Akira, no dude. I'm, I'm so sorry, buddy. No worries. But, uh, but uh, yeah, this was the proverbial. Uh, the one thing I only mentioned that she was off because it affected the match some, and you could see it. Otherwise, I generally wouldn't mention it. But I would default that. Yeah, I, I think she had a small injury. Like you said, it was the leg, roughly. Yeah, and I, I yeah. think I think with them both, like I said, I thought it was going to be a good stylistic match. I just think something was either said or maybe they both came in injured. Something just didn't mesh well to make it as good as a match as it could have been. Yeah, yeah. That's just how I thought when I was kind of like when I what I was watching of this match. Like I said, I wasn't watching with as full intent as I probably should have because of what just happened, and I know what was coming up in the main event and. Obviously, I was super excited for the main event to see what was going to happen. What does this lead into going into homecoming? My mind was after that Los Macisos match, my mind actually was thinking like I was future booking of homecoming and after homecoming. <laughs> so my mind even yeah. wasn't fully there to pay attention to this match and what's going to happen because also there's nothing really at stake here. There was just. The, so the co-main event, even though, like I said, we know this was kind of get the crowd back into it for the main event. I just think they weren't given the proper spot to tell a great story during this match. It just, just this match didn't seem to mesh well as well as I thought it would be because of the their styles are very similar. I just think with between maybe timing, what just happened, what's going on, my mind was not into this match as I, I should have been, but also it didn't even when I was watching it didn't seem to mesh well together. There was a lot of stops, like kind of stopping and all right, let's reset and try to figure this out again. It didn't seem to go smoothly throughout the entire matches. A lot of matches that we've seen between both competitors have been. Yeah. You know what? And, and I just want to say nothing against either of them because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say too much bad. It was just, it was off. Super sorry. Nothing against Kevin, nothing against Masha every now and then something happens. So there was one really bright spot of the night, and it was the fact that Masha has this new submission called the Death Wish. Yeah, and that she was used cool. it, dude. She used it tonight on him, yes. so she ended up winning with that new Death Wish. So if anybody has a chance and they haven't seen it already, go back and check out the finish of this because that Death Wish is is a cool submission. Yes, I love seeing Masha like be innovative. Like her and Akira, I know like they they have a little lot of similarities too in their way they they wrestle and stuff like that. But I love seeing the mixture of the martial arts as with well with the tech uh, technical game, the ground game. I just love how they, especially Masha, uses it to her advantage, especially against the bigger component opponents as she's typically in against males in GCW. So. But uh, she has been killing an impact, and we've seen what she's been doing with the impact knockouts roster and stuff like that. So I know Masha, they, they, like I said, this just seemed the the world was not with them in this match. It didn't click. Just tonight. Yes, just tonight. Just like, tonight. I, I, I would like to see these two maybe given more time, maybe as like not right away, but maybe in a couple months, go back to this match, give them more time to tell the story that they wanted to tell here as a kind of a makeup for possibly if something were happened during this match that they couldn't go as longer as they wanted to but i it was overall it was fine 
it was did what it needed to do. It just wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, but that's no fault of the wrestlers. I will take the blame on that because, like I said, my mind was booking during this entire match. What's <laughs> going to happen with Moxley? What's going to happen with Christian? What's going to happen? Oh, Effie and Team Bussy lost the tag match. Like, what are they going to do? Los Macisos, okay, we've seen them go against Eshi. I My mind was all over the place, future booking during this match. So I wasn't paying as well as attention as I should have, but not, like you said, not, not a knock on these two two competitors i would like to see them run no, back again absolutely. at a different time and with more time and that will lead us into our main events of gc or the people versus gcw we have the champion john moxley going one-on-one against blake christian and we've talked a lot about this we uh here's blake's chance all that talking that he's been doing all of that the whole grave heart that he's been promoting out there, all the new stuff that he said he's going to show us and why he deserves it. Now it's his chance to show it. And Blake comes out, the first one to come out mm-hmm. in his normal character. He came back yeah. out as all hearts. What is your feelings on that, John? I feel that his pants were maroon instead of black. Uh, so my first note out the gate was Blake came out of his normal character. What's going on there? I put that all heart is back. I could see that he had the heartbeat cut into his uh, hair there. Um, The maroon pants instead of the black. So the whole time I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of this because we just spent weeks of heel uh, work, weeks of heel turn. I mean, I mean, the whole thing was just, he did everything as one character. And when it was time to come out, he gave us someone completely different. It's like if Superman was an asshole for 11 chapters. And then at the end of the book, he becomes this guy that we're supposed to like without build or knowing why here we go again. Why? Even then, I think at the right before this Moxley match, maybe they should have had a why. I don't know my, my feeling. I'm just going to go into it. My feeling here is what they they were trying to probably put him over that night. The crowd didn't react to it. I think they called Notable in the ring and I think they went, all right, kid, you're great. Tonight's not the night. The fans just aren't behind it. If we end this show like this, I don't think it's going to be a great lead up, uh, you know, to, to tomorrow night. Yeah. And to, to homecoming, this is the biggest weekend. Like you can't, Oh, sorry. Into, no, you're yeah. good. You're good. I know we're off time in here because of the dates <laughs> and when we record and when we don't record. But as you said, um, like he also didn't come out in his mask. Didn't he have a mask like once or twice, like a all black mask that he came out with? Mask believe, was like? gone. Yeah, mask was, mask gone. was like, gone. Everything was gone. It's just like spent all these weeks building up to this grave heart character. You're going to dive into your deepest, blackest part of your heart and it's going to come out against Moxley. And that's what's going to get you over the top to beat Moxley. But you came out as the same thing that we've seen before that is different than what we've seen the last few weeks. It didn't make any sense. I I, I was flabbergasted just right off on the entrance. I was like, what is going on here? Why is he the same? And then I was thinking, okay, well, maybe like Leo, Leo Rush will come out here, maybe slap some sense into him and say, hey, like we had the grave heart here. This is all, all hard. Like maybe like paint his face or like come out or do something. Like I just think... I, like Ooh. you said, I did not understand yeah. why the buildup to all this whole different character. That's the reason you're going to win the championship and you come out to something that you were doing before you were even in this title scene. It did not make any sense to me, but I still, like I said, I had some hope. I'm like, well, maybe they're going to Leo Rush came out in L.A. What was the point of that? We didn't see him in San Francisco. And yeah. then so I'm like, hey, we haven't seen him yet at this night. Maybe this is the night. Maybe he's going to help Blake Christian. Maybe he's going to help change his character. 
Maybe he's going to cosplay Christian in the match. Like, I was just wondering where Leo Rush fit into this since they introduced him or brought him back a couple weeks ago prior to the show. And it just seemed like it went back to a normal, right? Run of the mill GCW Blake Christian match. It's going against the GCW champion. So I was very confused. I was not happy with it. And this kind of goes along with why I, as you said, the kind of crowd crowd turned on him. And we've said in the past, even when he's cutting these promos, the crowd's turning on him on these promos. Or in his match against Starboy Charlie, they're getting Starboy Charlie's getting all the rub and getting all the chance and all that stuff. It's not Blake Christian. It just didn't make any sense to me of why we went away from what the buildup was, why, how, why it went away from that. And I was just very confused and I don't understand it. I didn't understand that yeah. just before the match even started. I just didn't understand any of that stuff. So I was in a brain lock. Well, I was, I was trying to figure it out because again, if you just go by storyline alone, I'm like, okay, he changed why. I do like the fact that if we did have Leo Rush insert, inserted again, which I, you know, we don't know how the story ends yes. there, but I would like to have Leo Rush come back and go, what is this shit you're pulling? You're not angry. You're not this. You know how you got to the top. You know how you have the most wins in GCW. You know how you've gotten to where you're at today. You're this guy. And yeah, you might have a bad day. You might be pissed off. Throw that shit off and be what made you great. And then you know what? He would have come out. He probably would have gotten a huge pop because he's not that asshole anymore. He's a hero. And I think that would have been a nice thing. I do feel sometimes, though, that that audible was called quickly. It's none of my business. It's fine. But I'm just saying it was called quickly. And I really feel that the audible was called in the ring because if he was supposed to win that night, he would have won as a good guy. If he was supposed to lose that night, they might as well just put him in bad. I really do think they went out there. The crowd was not receptive. They didn't want to send the crowd home uh, unhappy, especially with all the eyes on him and the spotlight on him at such a big uh, time. I really do feel that that was the case. You know, he got booed right on the announcement, right off the gate. Then before Mox even comes out, you know, he's getting his name chanted. He comes out in that uh, Blackpool Combat Club hooded shirt. I thought that looked really good. I love how they do that still. They still represent and acknowledge shit goes on outside of GCW. Yes. I love that. Sorry to interrupt you. I just had to throw that no, in. No, I no. love when they do that shit. No, I, the only thing else I was going to mention just off the bat before I handed it over to you was when they got into the ring. And again, I'm sorry, you can't really change this. And again, I don't know how to say it good or bad. Mox was noticeably larger. I mean, noticeably larger and sometimes that takes away the realism that that there needs to be just a small amount of realism otherwise it's not theater uh you have to have a little bit of realism with everything otherwise you're taking you still have to go by physics physics is still there i mean it's really hard for someone who's 165 to crash up to me at 275 and for me to make it look like he knocked me on my ass It, it takes a lot of work and i yeah I'm so sorry. I, I sound very negative at this point on that, but this was definitely one of those things where I just felt like if there was a proper build, I would have gotten behind him more. I needed to know why he changed. I wanted, I wanted to know more is what I'm saying. And I think if he would have cut something outside of all of this, it would have been a little more helpful. I did like the brawl to the outside. I liked how Blake gets, you know, Blake gets thrown into a bunch of chairs then they're fighting at the merch tables. I always think it's funny when they fight at the merch tables because I'm thinking about all those oh guys my, and all yes. that money they have laying yep. on the tables. That's why I always feel That's bad too. Like, income. I bet you Mox is like, hey, I got some AEW money here. Like, here's $500. I'm going to be, I don't know how much damage I'm going to do, but I'm going to be doing some damage here. So let me make up for it and stuff like that. 
But going back to, I got a couple points going off of what you said. Like, yeah, you made good yeah. points how the crowd was booing him before, and I think that's because we were expecting a different Blake. Like, we were being shown this different Blake these the first last couple of weeks, and then him to come out as the old Blake. I think that's where the crowd's like, wait. Where's the great part? Why, like, you're not really taking this as serious as what you've been saying all this week. So, f you, then mm-hmm. uh, you're just now here. Collect your check and go. You got your title match against the AEW World Champion. You could use that to your name and help build your name off of that. But you kind of didn't complete the gimmick, is how I'm looking at it. And I think another way they could have, what I was thinking too, or another way to kind of complete this gimmick, because like I said, I was very lost and confused when it came out. But then I'm like, how are they going to save this? Are like. I, I had a big Leo Rush thing coming in because Leo Rush for a while did the same thing where he went into his little Blackheart gimmick and he turned his yeah, whole entrance yeah. around. He changed his whole look around. He changed his in-ring demeanor around. He changed everything around. He changed the way he talked. He changed characters. We actually saw the completion of the character change while in Blake as we got this, like, here's this change. Well, now we're going to change this, but then we're going to go backwards on this change. Like there was just not a complete actual change of character where I thought maybe at the beginning of this match, new music, new lighting, new hair, new gimmick, new mask, new everything. Here's the new character. Here's what you're going to have. That's going to beat John Moxley. That's going to carry this company as the new GCW title holder. And they fell flat with that. And I think that's where it's like, I don't, I don't understand where, like I said, why the buildup and then they get rid of it. And I think as you were saying, maybe they called it during the match and stuff like that because of the crowd booing. I just think the crowd was booing because they had no idea what to expect because we didn't get what we were thought we were getting all this time. And I just, like I said, I, with Leo Rush, I thought there had been more of a Leo Rush uh, involvement, but it is what it is. And then um, your last thing you were saying about the size difference. I don't look too much as a size difference because, hey, Blake Christian, he can go. He's shown he can do technical mm-hmm. stuff. And we've seen it like just in wrestling in the past. The smaller guys, they're going to have to use their speed to yes. get, get away from the bigger guy. They're going to have to get cut the cut their opponent in half and bring him to the ground where everybody's the same size. Like I think Blake had that in him, but once he comes out in this regular character, I don't see the dog in him. I don't see that fight that's going to be able to beat the Blackpool Combat uh, Club and John Moxley. Like, I, I just didn't see it. Oh, and going back to real fast, I went mm, back mm. to the Blackpool sweater. Like, how I loved uh-huh. seeing that in GCW. I loved uh, around this time last year when Moxley became the GCW title holder and beat Cardona. And then the next night, he shows up on AEW programming. Wearing a GCW sweatshirt. He didn't carry yeah. the GCW title, which I was a little disappointed on, but at least he got to represent GCW uh, with a sweater. So, like I said, I love them acknowledging that other companies exist and not that, hey, they're our own. I just loved all that. And this match, like I said, I, I from the entrance, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a little sour on it because this is where we've been kind of souring as fans on Blake Christian. There just needed to be more to... Make him more believe. Like right away, I was like, okay, he's not winning this match. Then there's no way that's happening. Mm, yeah, I don't like. I don't see any way that they're going to bring Leo out or some way to kind of get this bad out of Blake Christian. Um, he did hit the uh, ring post outside and cut himself, and that's where I'm like, he started kind of crawling underneath the ring. Um, I, I thought maybe, hey, maybe that's where my thoughts going to be right. Maybe Leo's underneath there, and maybe like. They'll quickly oh, yeah, bring yeah. out the black mask or something like that. Something like as a distraction, like maybe Blake had something up his sleeve, but 
Unfortunately, Blake just was bleeding and came back in and continued to take an ass whooping from John Mox. Yeah, I love how Mox will like keep busting him open, oh, yeah. trying to work on it little by little. Yeah, the crowd was pro Moxley the whole match. Uh, it wasn't for the lack of trying, though. Uh, right off the bat, we had uh, excuse me, we had Moxley out there giving everybody the middle fingers. I mean, he was really trying to get heat in any way he could. And unfortunately, middle fingers is like, and I love you in GCW. <laughs> Stone Cold style. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And then there was a lot of Blake offense in this. They really did a lot to make sure he had a lot of offense. They made sure that he was on the uh, the offense of the whole time. There was a point where there was just an awesome Blake superplex that went on. But uh, it's just overall, they spent probably three quarters of the 16 minute match making sure that Blake really did look good. Yeah, but overall, the, the crowd just wasn't into him, man. And and I'm un and that's unfortunate because I really like the kid. I think he works his fucking ass off. And I even say now I go, well, it doesn't reflect on him. I think the storyline or something that happened with it is bad. Boo the storyline. Motherfucker still badass. Um, that's all I kind of wanted to say in that aspect. Yeah, and like I said, this is no fault, but I he is a tremendous wrestler. He hit all his matches are really, really, really good. Yeah. The only like leading up into this match, I know we've talked about it. Like I just didn't understand why he was the only one getting all the the time to change his character. I don't understand yep. why he was the only one getting all the mic time. I don't understand why you had Leo Rush come out and he didn't even do nothing in that first match either. Like so, I was just wondering where it was going to lead up when. Blake Christian went against Starboy. There was just all this, hey, we're building Blake up. We're building Blake up. We're building Blake up. Now's the time it, or now's the time for it. And we just got the same old Blake. I just think there needed to be just a couple extra little steps to make me fully behind Blake Christian as, hey, I want him to beat John Moxley because I love John Moxley. But mm -hmm. if he's not going to be in GCW defending that belt at least maybe once a month at least, or even show up once a month and just have a tag match, even as a champion, and maybe have it lead up to the following month. Like, I want a GCW title holder that is going to be in GCW. As Blake Christian has said, that is the one thing I've always agreed with Amon on him with it, is that we yeah. want the GCW title holder back home, back in GCW, back where it belongs, back to being defended. Yeah, not if on a weekly basics. I know that's too much. You got to build some storylines here or there. But that title is actually going to be on each show, though. Whether it be, hey, I come out yeah. at the promo. I come out and I defend it. I come out and do a tag match with it. I come out and do commentary with it. It is out there for the fans to see that they have a actual representing an active champion. Um, yeah, dude, yeah, I'm go not going to really argue with you on this one. There's a lot of movement around Moxley. So if you want that Moxley match in GCW, you're you're going to cut 90%, sometimes 100% of the promos. And that's just one of those things that is going on. I love his recognition. I would love for him to continue the title if he can show up, let's just say once a month. It would be cool. You know, show up 12 times a year, come in, do what the fuck you have to do. Let let the GCW guys crawl all each over, you know, each crawl over each other to get to you. And then when it's time, it's promo time. Just give me two, three promos a month. Give me a date a month, two to three promos a month. I'd be damn happy. You know, let the let the guy go over there and carry our belt i'm cool with it it's just i think what's going on is I, everybody just wants to make sure we get our belt defended because i think our belt is our crown jewel and i i i don't know what else can i really say about it? it's our crown jewel we like seeing it defended man and we love seeing someone carry it because we're proud of it 
Yeah, belts are an important part of wrestling. Yeah. They're there for a reason. Like, yeah, man, they're not. That's why there's multiple belts. So that way, hey, if this one belt isn't being defended all the time, we have the Ultra Violent Championship that could be defended when Mox isn't here. But we still want to see Mox be a, our world champion. I don't like the part-time stuff. Like, and I get he's got AW. I get you know he doesn't need to be on GCW every single week. Yeah, but like you said, yeah. the, like how I said too, once a month, even just for. Show your face, hold the title, say that you really care for us. And I'm not saying he doesn't care. I know there's a bazillion issues with his co other company, AW. He just has a brand new kid. He's going through what he went through earlier this year. There's a lot of stuff going on. I get it. I understand it. But we've talked before the past, too, of we miss those videos, these promos that take two, three minutes, but they tell an awesome story and get you so hyped up for these matches that they, they could be cut at, at home or something like that. Like, I would, if it yeah. Moxie just yeah. at home talking about GCW and what, oh, I'm, my next proponent is Blake Christian. This is why I'm going to beat his ass. He doesn't need to be long in the ring with me. Boom. That's got my attention even more now for this match and other fans, too. Quick, easy fix. I just want to see the GCW title being defended more. And um, we could like kind of going back to during this match, like Nick Gage was on commentary and Nick Gage is one of John Moxley's rivals in GCW and other companies. And like, even him, like we talk about him, like he might not be able to go as much as before and that's fine. He's earned it, but just show up, mm -hmm. get your entrance in, get the Nick fucking cage, MDK all fucking day. Just get that in. That's yep. fun. That's enough for me. Like I'm good. That's cool. You don't need to wrestle Nick Gage. You're good. You did that. Or you're on commentary saying the funny stuff. Like you don't need to be a full-time active performer. You could just show up every once in a while, do some cool shit, take your time that you need to. And we heard uh, Nick Gage kind of allude to maybe a possibility that will happen in the future. But on commentary, he made a comment of, um, hey, I don't know how much more I have in me. I might only have one last match in this body. But if I have it, it's going against John Moxley. So maybe we'll see what that leads up yeah. to in the future. We'll see if maybe that yeah. was just Nick Gage being Nick Gage, trying to get his way into that one last match. I would love to see it again. I know the last one wasn't as uh, wasn't as fun as I thought it would be because I think Nick Gage got a knee injury like real early into that match. He took a he went over the top rope, landed on glass, and landed on his knees. So I think that kind of took away from the, the last Moxley match that they had last last October. But um. I, I got one for you. Yep, go I got to ask you. I got it. It just hit me. Okay. So here's a fun one for you. Uh, just put your hat on to 1998 raw outside of the drinking is Nick Gage, not our stone cold. I'm giving it to you just Ooh. for a moment. Please think it over. Does he not come out to the music? We go fucking nuts. He cuts a fucking promo. He doesn't wrestle. He doesn't need to. Stone yeah. Cold was injured at that yep. time. He comes out. He does his thing. Talks about or he, you know, he pulls a move off, kicks someone ass, walks the fuck out and everybody's happy. Five minutes and he's gone. And he's our Stone Cold right now. Yes. Without the drinking. Yes, and I love it. And I want to see like, I want to see more of Austin. Like, hey, yeah, it sucks. You got the neck injury, but. You're still yeah. relevant. You're still in the fans' eyes. You're in our ears on commentary. You're carrying that belt. It's like, oh, he's the champion. Oh, like you mentioned on commentary, he's our champion, but he can't wrestle because he's nursing this injury. But it's still being acknowledged that he's the champion on a weekly basis. Like, when's the last time we said Mox's name other than Blake Christian outside of in GCW programming? It's like not mentioned mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. outside of when Blake's wrestling. So I just mm -hmm. I, interesting. I, and I, this goes like where I think a lot of fans too is like. It, if it's Blake Christian, cool, but we want to see the better. We want to see the grave heart. If you're going to do that to be the champion, if it's not going to be the, you're the, uh, sorry, if you're not going to be uh, the grave heart, you're not going to win the belt. 
that I'm cool with Moxie doing it just more often. If you're not going to do it more often, get it on somebody that's a GCW person that will be or uh, around more often. Um, this was a fun match. And this is another thing, too, that I wanted to see from Blake, which was kind of why I soured on him, maybe possibly winning the championship, because we really haven't seen him get quote unquote extreme or death matchy or whatever you want to call it. It's more just in the ring, which is fine. Traditional. It could be a hybrid championship. You don't need to always have the GCW title match being some crazy fuckery match. It could be a straight one-on-one -on -one match with no tools or weapons involved. And I'd be absolutely fine with that. But we haven't really seen that from Blake Christian and him going against Moxley as Moxley loves violence. It's why he's in the Blackpool Combat yep. Club. And Blake stepped it up big time in this match for me. This was what I wanted to see from Blake. If I see maybe one or two more of these matches with Blake where he could take his ass whooping, he could get the blood, he could handle the glass, he could handle the doors, he could still get the crowd behind him. Maybe as the full-on Graveheart character, I would be 100% behind Blake Christian carrying the GCW world title, uh, world title everywhere in GCW programming. But unfortunately, we didn't get that tonight. I don't no. know if we're ever going to get it <laughs> since uh, that was our last show before uh, the next one coming up, Homecoming. But Moxley does retain the GCW World Championship title. Um, and uh, I don't know where we go from here at this point on this show. When uh, Blake wins, it's like, okay, we're kind of back to where we were before Blake started calling Moxley out. And this was announced, what, maybe like a month or two or months ago this match was announced. So... We're now yeah. once again left hanging. Like, who is going to be the one to take the belt off Moxley? Or is Moxley going to show up more? But I just think there's zero chance of him showing up anytime soon or more often than what he's doing because his contract status in AEW and him being the world title holder. Like, if he's doing these matches with glass and stuff like that, like, Tony Khan's not going to see this and we're like, oh, yeah, go do that match again while carrying, exactly. you're carrying my company around. Like, I don't think he's going to be carrying it for too long. I would, I just don't see it possibly happening. So that's why I just want somebody else. If it's, if it's Blake Christian failed, I we are left up in the air. What's going to happen at our next GCW show? Who's going to be the one to take the title off of Moxley? And um, we will get into that here in a couple of minutes here when we kind of go over everything. But that's where, at this point, that's where I'm left. I'm like, where do we go from here now? We have our biggest show coming up. In my opinion, GCW's yeah. biggest show of the year's homecoming weekend last year was the cardona show and that just brought like their viewership and the eyes on gcw to another level and now with the, mm -hmm. the same title holder and only two weeks to build to this match i don't understand or i, I didn't understand i don't know what's going to happen like who what is going to happen on homecoming on your biggest wrestlemania show of how i call it your wrestlemania show your biggest show of the year we're kind of still back of where we were three weeks three months ago of yeah dude uncertainty dude honestly uh you want to fuck with my emotions give me the beat bittersweet loss of moxley and then give me let's just say an fb win you want to talk about messing with someone's emotions give me the happy and the sad all at one time because yeah there, there's a lot of people including me wanting to wanting mox to do his thing and if not go ahead and drop it job I really wish there was more build, especially if this is going to be the one where he takes the title. I'd love to see more build out of Effie, but I couldn't see anyone take that title off of Moxley that people would cheer more than Effie. 
Yes. So I just kind of wanted to mention that, that I think this is just a good time that if they were going to take it off of someone, this is the one to take it off of. I ran through names in my head. I couldn't think of someone that would be able to sit there that's been there day in and day out as much as him right now. Effie also has the veteran mind on his head. So he knows in his head. So he knows how to treat the title. He knows how to talk. He knows how to act with the title. So I think for right now, he would be a great placeholder if we needed one. And I think a title reign from him would be fan fucking tastic. I don't know if he's ever had a GCW title run. Do you I don't, know it all or no? No, I oh think he's God, only had fantastic. I think he's only had one GCW world title match. Maybe two. I don't know if he went against RSP for the title. I know he went against uh um Nick Gage um for the title. But I, I obviously he did not win that match. But that was where he showed out where hey he could do the deathmatch stuff. I think that's the first time I've ever seen him do some deathmatch shit. And he went all in like how Cole Radrick did. I see a lot of similarities with that kind of uh like Effie was okay. Everybody's like liking him. He's cool. He's funny. He's doing all his thing. And then okay, here's your world title moment. Here's your chance to prove it. And he fucking killed it and knocked it out of the park. Where that elevated him to where he's at now and. I think he's earned. Obviously, I think he proved to Brett, he proved to the fans of he is more than willing and more than capable of carrying that GCW title wherever it is, representing it as well as he does. And it could be defended in other promotions. He's, you know where he's going to, if he's going to be every week, he's going to be at GCW more than likely every single time, uh, every single week. So as you said, he's going to be out here. He's going to be here. Um, we were uh, we kind of we skipped some parts, but it's fine because Effie is going to be challenging. Uh -huh. All right, it's uh, Effie's going to oh, be challenging shit. Moxley for the GCW World Title um, at Homecoming, and I think when I we were we were talking about the tag team title match of when we were kind of disappointed that Team Bussy lost, I was kind of thinking like, okay, like that kind of sucks because they've been doing so good, and okay, I like Masiso's doing it, really cool, but like, what's going to happen with Team Bussy now? Because they were doing such a great job as tag team title holders. And we saw Alley Cat take it as uh, personally as she did, dropping it because I know she loved carrying it. But FB, we kind of saw like, hey, it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. But you didn't see the like the defeat on his face of when he lost it because he now gets the next shot at Moxley, which I think, as you said, is a perfect pick to even if he doesn't win it. We'll see what happens again. I guess it'll be up in the air again, but I think this is going to be his time to win it. It would be the perfect way to send off the homecoming crowd on day one. I think it would be an awesome mm -hmm. way to start day two of having him come out, get all the streamers, get the love, get the chance, cut a really good promo, and then the lights go out and possibly somebody shows up to be the new challenger to his match. Maybe somebody's playing the, as we've been asking for, the spoiler. And taking the fun away from the fans and getting the heat. What better way yeah. to get heat? Instant heat is to interrupt FB on his world title championship. First promo in front of the Atlantic city crowd. And boom, you took that moment away from him and attacked him like right there. Boom. Instant heat, instant big heel to maybe start a program. I just, I am hoping and rooting for Effie at homecoming for sure. Even though I do mm -hmm. like Moxley more, but if Moxley, I'm sorry if you're not going to be doing this, gcw all the time go do what you need to do come back whenever you can but you don't need to be the title holder let's let effie carry the new start of uh gcw as kind of like a new era heading into 2023 as we finish out 2024 here or 24 2022 sorry and uh that's okay keep on leading us into the next 
next evolution maybe of GCW because like I said, I've been kind of seeing like I've been wanting like not a restart, not a like oh we got to get better. Like I just want to like refresh. Some of our older guys are taking some time off because they've been getting their working asses, their yeah, asses working off. their ass off carrying this company and they deserve this time off and they deserve the recognition of hey I don't need to wrestle every single week. Give me a little break. Give some of these younger guys a hey I went in here and I made him look good or her look good for all this time. You got somebody here that could take my spot when the time comes. The time might not be right now. I might take a little break right now, so they need to elevate their game. But when it uh, <laughs> these deathmatch wrestlers, you never know when their last match is going to be. You never know. They might wake up one morning or I'm done. Like, I can't do this no more. It's not worth it. And now you got to void. You got to fill it. So I think this is their time to have new champions, have kind of the younger, as we've been calling them, young pillars, step up their game, prove that they could carry GCW uh on their backs as nick gage alex cologne bussy did john moxley did all these people that we've had as our champions and represented gcw i think now is the time for the new people to step up that the old people not old people but the older wrestlers that have been there the long veterans. more tenured yeah. yeah the veterans um take their breaks refresh people our age yeah right <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah. done <laughs> I can't imagine wrestling at my age, and then we've got Nick Gage out here doing the shit that he was doing. I, oh, I can't. I mm. couldn't do it. But I just want to see, like, those people have earned it. They, I, If they want to still go full-time, absolutely, I'm all for it. Keep on doing it. But I think, as we we're kind of seeing now, a lot of these older wrestlers like Cologne, I'm going to be taking some time off here soon. Nick Gage, take all these time off soon. I think is now is the time to start rolling with some of these young pillars, giving them these opportunities. Like, this was a perfect opportunity, too, and I think Blake, while he not, didn't knock it out of the park, I do now want to see him and maybe another one of these little bloodbaths, one of these little, little crazier feuds, maybe with a Joey Janela going a 30-minute crazy bloodbath match, and then that will make me way more inclined to see Blake Christian as a young pillar carrying GCW. I just need these young pillars that we always talk about get these chances to show that, hey, we can carry the GCW uh, flag on our back and represent the company as well as the, the people before us did. Well, I don't want to ruin anything, and, I, and I'm and i just speculating because I think it would be fun. Whoever wins tonight, I have a feeling may have to fuck with Bully Ray. I really do feel personally, or just in my mind as a fan, I think it would be cool as shit to have an ECW original come over and go, hey, wait a minute now, I've heard about you guys. You know what? I'm going to shoot straight to the top. I want your ass, and I don't care. I I honestly would tell you this is where Moxley would work because they're both veterans. They have similar styles. They would be able to work well together. Um, I, I feel that Effie could do the same thing for sure. But I feel that Moxley probably knows Bully a lot better. Those guys could put on a hell of a veteran match. And I also feel that without all the weapons, those two could put on one hell of a main event. If it goes Moxley's way, I'm hoping it goes in that direction. If it goes Effie's way, I still hope it kind of goes off in that direction. I'm literally waiting for Bully Ray to come in and put his stamp down uh, that GCW is a legit company that you need to watch out for. And just like Sabu came in, I just want his stamp of approval. Yes, and we kind of got yeah. the stamp of approval. We'll be going over that here in a couple minutes when we go mm -hmm. over uh, what happened after the next night at the People versus GCW. What happened at Ric Flair's last match? Um, 
that was kind of the person when you were <laughs> when I was describing. Just, no, it's all good, awesome. dude. We 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 are on a time <laughs> crunch. We're obviously, as you can hear, we kind of broke this into two parts. Some shit came up, but we're taping right now, right before homecoming. So we got kind of our homecoming coming up. We're excited for it. We're trying to get this done and out to before homecoming and it will be done i promise so you might be listening to this right during homecoming maybe right before homecoming you might be listening to this after homecoming we are taping this the day of homecoming so Mm -hmm. we are on track and schedule the homecoming review will be after uh homecoming obviously this week and we will cover both shows and get ready before they go to charlotte and continue on gcw's touring schedule but heading back to as you said bully ray that would be one of those those people i think would be good to come out for Effie's second day, uh, or first day as champion, this homecoming part two, and interrupting Effie after he kind of gets over. I think that's boom, instant, instant right instant there. You got a match. But I would prefer, as you said, you like Bully Ray with Moxley. I would prefer Bully Ray with Effie because then we could probably assume that Effie's going to win the belt, or maybe not. Maybe Bully Ray uh-huh. changes it, but then it gives Effie something to chase after for again that we could get behind Effie, and I'm all for that again. I just don't mm-hmm. want to see Bully go against Moxie because then it just seems like either way, whoever wins, we're kind of right back where we were anyway of having a non-present GCW champion. While I agree with you that it would probably be the way better match, it would get more eyes to the GCW product as they mm-hmm. know both names probably more than they do with Effie versus Bully Ray. It would definitely sell out wherever it would go. It would get a lot of eyes. It would get a lot of social media attention. It'd get a lot of eyes. It Bully Ray talking about GCW, Moxley, or Effie on Busted Open. It would, all those fans now would be interested in checking out GCW. Hey, is that that company we saw at Ric Flair's last match? Oh, yeah, they did some pretty cool stuff. Like, yeah, I want to go check that out. Bully Ray's going with them? That's got to be a good company, as you said, to get the stamp of approval. Yep. I think that would be awesome. But I just think that those two names would be awesome for the short term. But then it just leaves me as a GCW fan, like, we want this title more often, and I just think if Bully wins, we definitely ain't seeing it as more often. If Moxie wins, we yeah. kind of already know where we're getting with Moxie, but I think if, if it was like just a standalone quick match, and then maybe either night two on it, something happens to either whoever's a champion, or maybe right afterwards, someone, the lights go out, or something shows up or debuts that's a GCW person that we haven't seen in a while. Like I, I There's both ways. I got a lot of good possibilities. I like Now as I'm talking through it, I like both ideas. They're both going to be very good for the company, but I just, I'm at the point now as a GCW fan, I want a GCW person. I want that title every week. And like, we got to, it's, we're not going to get it every week. We got to elevate this, the tag titles. I think we're going to see a lot more of with Los Macisos. Mm-hmm. We now, as of the show, we got a new extreme championship holder and Cole Radrick. I think he might not be able to carry the show, but he can main event here once or twice and put on some crazy extreme matches as the extreme title holder. Um, He's solid. I think, I don't know. I don't know about main event yet. He still has his baby face a little. No shit. Not going to lie. I'm actually probably one of the biggest Cole fans out there. He's still got his baby face yet. He's even still growing into his body. You can see that. Uh, I'm super, super proud of him for getting a championship. Yeah, I don't think he's main event yet, but I could tell you he would be a bright spot of the night. He's another feel-good kind of guy, I think. So, same thing. They need to elevate that. They need to elevate his title. They need to elevate the tag title. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, brother. That's ex- That was the, my point right there. It's like, elevate. Like They are not there yet. So, obviously, they need to do more. If they're going to have the GCW title, like, carry the show because if we don't think Cole Radrick's ready for it yet, but he's doing damn good. He might be there. 
they either got to give Cole Radjic more opportunities to show that he could do that, or if you keep Moxley on, then Cole doesn't have to go above and beyond every time and carry the show, but he could display of, hey, I can do this. I'm doing it on the undercard. I'm going to prove to you that I could be on the upper card and be in the main event and stuff like that. I just think if you don't, ha that's why I like the different titles being involved because if one's gone, it's going to happen. Elevate the other, make them all important, make every title important and make it main event style and bring it out and say, Hey, the tag team championship is a big deal. Los Macisos going against uh, Jordan Wayne and Nick, or Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne give a rematch to us. Hey, you guys pushed us to our limits before we won the title. Let's we're the champions now. Maybe give Jordan and uh Nick Wayne a possible victory as we well, they it's a three-way match with Blake Christian going against SGC. I would like that to be a tag match to kind of elevate maybe Jordan and Nick Wayne to they get a surprise victory over SGC at homecoming, and then boom, now hmm. you got your next title match of We've seen what kind of crazy magic Los Macisos and they had. Boom, you got new title contenders. I, I just think there's a lot that can be done and it could easily be done. I just, I haven't seen it there yet. But as this show proved, I just got to give them some more time because the last couple shows have been better, better, better. They're getting back to where oh, I yeah. fell in love with them and how everyone else fell in love with them. I just think... There's and then this is a good thing. I know I'm saying it's kind of it might sound like a bad thing, but it's also a good thing with Moxie being titled because we don't know what's going to happen. And whenever it does happen, it's going to be a shock to everybody. But yeah. I would just like if you're not going to do that, if you're going to have Moxie champion, cool, bring him in more. If not, start giving these other people the extreme championship holder Cole Radrick. Give Alex Colon Alex Colon's ultraviolet still, right? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, he's back to ultraviolet. Yes. Yeah, he beat John Wayne. Martin. Yeah. Oof, it's been, see, like, that's not a good thing. I should know who these champions are right away. Not Johnny. blaming them. This could be me. Just uh, There's so much wrestling going on. I forgot when it happened and when it not. But that kind of goes to my point is like, we got to, if we're not going to have the world title every week, let's elevate these other ones to make it more important to carry the show when we don't need Moxie here. When Moxie's here, cool. Moxie's back. He, he takes over. You guys kind of still do your own thing. We'll keep on getting you good spots and putting on good matches. And you now have earned it since you've carried the show that they're going to be elevated in the fans' eyes as well. Uh, let's go into memorable moments of the evening. Yay. So I have uh, just a couple. Again, I always kind of like to keep mine short and sweet because I was like, there's like, th I like the top three. <laughs> um, Cole Radrick, boom, right off the gate, starting off the show memorable moment for me that's awesome we've been talking about the scramble we've been talking about extreme i like it i love it um kind of going off of this they did announce uh, another match of cole radrick i don't know we'll talk about that in the preview of the next couple shows but they're going to, it seems like they're kind of keeping the extreme title in a scramble version as he's got to defend it in a scramble match another time but him winning it awesome seeing it he's definitely earned it he's been on a roll now it's his time to prove hey I proved I could be a champion. Now let's prove I could be an even bigger champion and a better champion representing this belt. Um, the second uh, memorable moment for me is Jordan Oliver winning <laughs> against Bandito. Like that was a shock mm -hmm. to me and pop. It was a good match. That was a, I popped hugely on that. And the uh, last memorable moment, um, it kind of wasn't did, like I'm I, I'm in my mind. What's happening with Leo Rush? Why why did he? Why was he brought back and not used on this show? Or you haven't announced him for future shows. What's what's next for Blake? What's next for Mox? Yeah. What's next for Leo? What's next now? As we could have announced for Effie. What's next for Alley Catch? My my last memorable moment was like, what is next? 
for all these things. And that's why I was so excited to talk about this show because there's so many what ifs, what's next, what's going to happen. And that's yeah. a good feeling to feel as a wrestling fan, but it's also a little bit troublesome and worrisome as like, hey, when I'm not getting what I want or what I think is good, but let's see. Maybe they have different ideas better than mine, in which they have proven time and time again that they have been. So I just wonder, my last my moments, what's next? What is going to happen for the next version of GCW coming into Homecoming and what's going to come out of Homecoming that came from this show as well? Well, you know what? I always bite off more than I can eat, so I've got a couple more than three. So uh, <laughs> here we go. Right off the bat, what was most important to me was there was 124 minutes of wrestling on a three-hour and 14-minute show. That includes an intermission that normally runs between 15 and 18 minutes. Right off the bat, I thought that was fucking awesome. Seeing the the heavyweight title defended, absolutely wonderful. That's what we've been asking for. That's what the fans want. We got it there. There was only one match under 10 minutes. That was the scramble. You know, the return of the little show, uh, Deppin's longest hat launch to date. I mean, these are things that are really important. You know, the six man tag team, Black Taurus really showing out. I want to see more, more, more Nick Wayne being home after the bomb scare. Uh, eventually, I want to talk about maybe down the road. I'm really already ready for Bussy's reign, reign number two for the tag titles, you know, not against it. Most important thing, I'm just going to probably stop here because, well, Jordan and Wayne using cloud cutter finishes. I want to make sure we do that because that really pushes the, the, you know, the tag team there. Yeah. But the last thing I want to mention was Nick Gage cutting that historic promo. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. <laughs> that no, that should be a memorable moment for me. <laughs> No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he's cutting that promo and he's talking about kicking that fucking door in. And in my head, I'm going back to the 90s going invasion, invasion yes. the whole time. You know, I'm losing my shit. I'm like, oh, my God, there's going to be an invasion. I didn't even know how to handle that. You yeah. know, and I just so so basically I actually had it written down. So he basically says this. So so Conrad, you got a fucking problem with me. You got a problem with GCW. You didn't give us an invite, Conrad, and I'm going to give you a fair warning right fucking now. We're coming to that auditorium and you can call the cops. You can call pussy ass at Atlas security, <laughs> but GCW is going to kick that fucking door down and we're going to take over that motherfucker. That, that's quoting exactly what he said, you know, straight to Conrad. So, I yes. mean, we're going to look back on that 20 years from now, hopefully, and see that that was a historic promo. I lost my fucking shit. I, I was like a kid all over again. I'm the same way. Like I said, I popped yeah. on that. I, I don't even I forgot as a, as a memorable moment for me is because we're recording now right before homecoming. My mind is yeah, now kind yeah. of going into the homecoming mode and what's going to happen after homecoming. I totally forgot. Like, yeah, that was probably the memorable moment for me that night was Holy shit, are we going to get an invasion angle? Like I said, I popped yep. big. I was texting you. I was like, my, ex, my other friends, like, do you see this? Like, watch this. This is what's going to happen. This is what I think is going to happen. Like, yeah, that was the huge memorable part of the night for me. Like, that, that is absolutely the most memorable part of the evening for me as well. Um, did we cover the Flair's last match, Bunkhouse Battle Royale, that happened the next yeah, man. Night? Yeah, man, I got notes on it. It's not like we already, I've already think, talked about it twice. <laughs> I think something big happened that night that we've kind of alluded to. So, yes, I say oh. we cover that just a little bit as a little extra part of this podcast because I know it's we are the fair, GCW bro. podcast, but this was not a GCW show, but this uh, had a lot of GCW involvement, as you were saying, with the Nick Gage uh, talking about invading the show. So, go ahead. No, no problem. Uh, so right off the bat, I should have put a couple things. I should have put two and two together because they introduced Dave Prezak. So here comes Prezak out. He's on the announce team. 
I didn't put two and two together, but I don't know how many people they could have brought out that would have known the GCW roster. So, you know, they try to show Frank that they show Frank the clown in the crowd. He tries to be a dick. He comes into the ring. Fatu comes down. That originally was going to be a hammerstone spot. I found out. So he comes down. He threatens to kick Frank's ass. Frank escapes the ring. He goes up the ramp. Out comes Mick Foley. He throws Frank in the ring. Frank gets his ass kicked. Uh, A promo is shown in regards to the history of the bunkhouse. So I just wanted to make sure we put all that in there because it's kind of leading up to this whole thing. It's very important to everything that happened. Yeah. So, I mean, we come back from the promo. There's roughly about 10, 10 wrestlers in the ring. It kind of hurt my feelings. I know now and I understand now, but Gringo Loco was under the wrestling revolver name. And that, you know, I got a little tribal about that. I really wanted him under that GCW name. We got to see the entrances of Sin Bodhi, the return of James Storm, and of course, the much anticipated return of Bully Ray. Yes. So, the, yeah, I, go ahead, man. I was right there with you. Like when I saw Gringo, I was like, oh. And then they said Wrestling yeah. Revolver. I'm like, what? Why? What the fuck? Like, they really are going against GCW. They don't want to acknowledge that he was just on the GCW show the night before and that his he was in a match with Black Taurus, who was in a match coming up this night. Like, I, I yep. was right with there with you. Like, I was disappointed in him not being mentioned as uh, representing GCW. But as Nick Gage said, uh, um, Conrad has a problem with GCW and it was very apparent at this point yeah. of the night. Yeah. So then the match finally kicks off and then you hear the announcer say, there's, there's a commotion near the production truck. Same thing, man. I'm still getting the old nineties. They're yep. talking about the production truck commotion and we have never heard that before. So then we start to hear that fucking familiar bell chime. Just dong. Yes. And I'm on the screen. They cut back. And I mean, they cut back in the arena and on the screen in big fucking letters. Long live. Jeez, I'm losing my shit. That was perfect. Oh, my God, dude. Nick Gage fucking runs out. He's got the red bandana on looking like a badass. He, he, oh my God, the crowd's going nuts. And that's funny too, because half that crowd, I almost guarantee, didn't know much about GCW. And the people who were there at least were losing their shit and knew exactly who he was. Yeah, we were talking about like the the night prior at the People vs. GCW. Like maybe 75% of that crowd was GCW fans, obviously, while the other 25% maybe had no idea what was going on. They just hear like their friends dragged him out or, hey, we see this. uh, We got another wrestling event the night before. I got nothing to do. Like, here's a cheap ticket. Let's go see what this company is about. And going into the next night at Ric Flair's, I would say those numbers were probably, you said 50%, I was probably like opposite. I think maybe like 25% knew of GCW, have heard, even yeah. heard of them. Not even like knew of them, knew what was going on, knew the wrestlers, just even heard of the company in general. While the other uh, 75% was like, we we have no idea what GCW is. Who is this asshole coming out here and messing up this match? <laughs> this is my James Storm, my Bully Ray. Like these guys I know of, they're on CB. Who the fuck yep. are you? Kind of thing. But I loved how you said when they peeled that back and like you could see on the, the production screen, the Titan oh. or whatever, long live GCW. Like, that to oh, me was like a, shit. I, that was a goosebump moment for me. It's like we are getting like not only are we just getting like the invasion angle, they are acknowledging GCW as a legit mm-hmm. company on Ric Flair's last match, and they're comparing GCW to New Japan, to Impact, to Ring of Honor, to AAA, to Wrestling Revolver. Like them, GCW being like I said in that mainstream media's name and mouth, and now in all these new fans' ears. That's the shit that I'm here for, for GCW. That was goosebumps for me. 
Oh my God. Yeah. That uh, goosebumps was the only way I was going to describe it to you because it was just a point of pride. Yes. It was really just a big point of pride that holy shit, they know about us. Not only that, but they now have a chance to understand what we already understand as fans. Yep. You know, so I mean, Nick jumps up on the ring, he stands on the corner, gets up on that fucking rope, and he turns around and he stares down Bully Ray. Bully Ray turns his fucking hat around and asks, Nick has a problem. Nick, do you have a problem? Nick gets the fucking microphone right up front. He goes, Where's my gang at? Like how he had to censor himself too. He had to censor himself a little bit. Being oh yeah, being on the Ric Flair's last match, you can't do full GCW, so they had to censor it a little bit. But I still loved how he kind of got it in there. Oh yeah, dude. And then all of a sudden, from there, you just see GCW talents just swarm the ring. We basically invaded Ric Flair's last match pay per view. So from this point, we see the match is actually going to kick off a second time. We've got Effie, Oliver, Janela, Justice, Manson, Manders from FGC, SGC, and I. Uh, Blake Christian also. Yep. So, I mean, just from there, it was a lot of asses and elbows flying and GCW is making sure everybody else went over the top rope. And yeah, Oliver, like I know I'm big Homer, but he like to me was the most standout of the GCW crew because he's his name was being mentioned quite often during that show. He was on camera a lot. He was hitting the, the Cleopatra trying for the clout cutter. Uh, Blake, oh, hell yeah. Blake Christian. I think Jordan Blake, like kind of also took the, got the most spotlight out of it because they were just flying all over the ring, showing them like, Oh shit. Like James Storm's like, I haven't seen this in like 20 years since impact X division. Like what is going on over here? And then you see, uh, um, Vance Warner and SGC going after it, going after bully. Um, mm-hmm. one little spot here. I don't see it in your notes, but I want to make a quick mention. I thought it was kind of cool. If you kind of know, like how we kind of know the GCW background, but there was someone else in that match that used to be a part of GCW as well. Not just gringo loco, but, uh, we had one Ricky Shane page there. And I think, oh yeah. I RSP, forgot, baby. Yeah. I forgot what company they said he was, um, I rep- think they said progress or defy progress or defy. Okay. I'm uh, not a hundred percent. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, he was in the match, and I thought they were that was kind of interesting since he has a little history of especially recent history with GCW. Um, so I was interested to see how that would any interactions would happen there. They kind of actually avoided each other for the most part of pretty much all together up until Bully Ray um ends up slamming um Ricky Shane Page, and then he kind of mm-hmm. held his legs up in the air for the was that kind of moment, you know? So Bully Ray, <laughs> Bully Ray calls over um, Crowbar and tells Crowbar to hop up there and do the Devon part and was up and do the headbutt. Well, as uh, Crowbar's up there and before he could do the was up, this was the what, funnest part for me is watching Epi run over there, push Crowbar down. He's like, no, this is my spot. I've been one in my hand, my get my hands on RSP ever since I turned on him where I tricked him and I changed company or I, thought i was part of 440 and gcw but now here's my chance to get some payback on him and then effie oh. ends up doing the waza with bully ray which was pretty <laughs> funny and um he ends up connecting with rsp and i really liked how he stayed there for an extra three seconds kind of to play into effie's character and the com- uh-huh. commentary had a hard not a hard time with uh effie's character because they're being more conservative and more old school yeah. Um, Dave praised that kind of had to smarten him up on Effie as he's trying to make wrestling more gay. And you just hear, hear the other two uh, <laughs> announcers go, 
yeah, they're not. They, they just like totally went over that. They didn't know how to handle that, which was pretty funny seeing. But I love seeing Effie. Like that was said on a Ric Flair last match. Wrestling is gay. Like that's that is Effie, and I think that's why that would help lead Effie into this match with John Moxley. But then after Effie hits the headbutt on RSP, he gets up and Devon pushes Effie, or not Devon Bubba pushes Effie. Says Effie. Get the table. And Effie's like, yeah, I get to do this. So he's rocking out. And then boom, Bully Ray throws Effie overboard. And I think that's where we go back to our conversation where it would be very nice if maybe Effie beats John Moxley. And then maybe Bully Ray has something to say about it the mm-hmm. next day. As you were saying, that's where Bully Ray would fit in perfectly. And I think that was a spot that was told here so it's a little quick two minute maybe spot or maybe even less than a minute but that little time told so much story of past gcw with the rsp and effie but while also maybe leading to the future i think so much was told in that one minute which was awesome that i think has a uh, hopefully good fortunes in gcw's future yeah, I have a feeling that in the next day or two, we're going to realize how much buildup was in that match than than we even anticipated, you know, right now. I agree. Uh, well, basically from there, Bully Ray just started cleaning house. And I mean, he really did clean GCW's clock quite a few times. You know, we had guys flying everywhere. Uh, eventually, it goes down to Bully and Mance Warner. Right off the bat, you're hearing Mance chants off in the distance in the crowd. Eventually, Bully will put Mance through a table. So Bully will go to throw out Mance, and then it was the same thing really quick, man. Uh, Bully goes to throw out Mance, Mance reverses it, throws Bully out, boom, Mance is the winner. I mean, people are cheering, everything's great. By the time that bell rings, the crew from GCW is already coming out. They got their PBRs in hand, classic GCW. They're partying in the ring, they're partying up the ramp. They eventually started drinking out of the fucking boots. So uh, I do want to mention one thing, though, just for the people out there that was here in the gringo part. In the end, if you look, gringo does have a GCW shirt on and he is partying uh, up on the. Yep. Yep. (laughs) No, just kidding. We love you, gringo. I I love that spot. I said, sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. That's that was a great. uh, But yeah, basically, overall, they uh, do a quick little. A quick little interview with him. Mance puts over GCW. Bully Ray comes over and puts over Mance. It's just a beautiful time. G- uh, Mance says he's going to go over and start doing his drinking, having a good time. That's when everybody on the side is, you know, drinking out of the boot, having a great time. They, uh, you basically can hear from that point forward. There are some great uh, GCW chants and some faint uh, MDK chants in the background. If you listen real close. Yeah, I love that whole part. Once again, kind of like, hey, this is a brand new crowd that might have zero idea what GCW is. For them to get the wind, I think was crazy. Like, I, I, we were, like just to go back to this whole invasion talk we were talking about before is, I thought there was no shot this would even happen because you'd have to get a bully Ray to approve of, hey, yeah, let's mm-hmm. let, let, let let let's let this GCW crew win. Then you'd have to get Impact allow James and James Storm. To get the okay to get GCW, not even like just to show up and invade, but just to to win was even crazier to me. You had all these companies agree. It's like, hey, yeah, that's our wrestler, and they're they're representing us. But GCW, yeah, here you go, because you work with us, you showcase our talent on your shows, and you we trust you. And I think that's just so great and phenomenal. And seeing the GCW, they even got to like 
not only get the cool entrance, the cool invasion, they got the fucking winner. And then they got to yep. do the party yep. afterwards, like how GCW does. Like that showed like all this new crowd of GCW. Like this is what we're about. And they got that time to showcase like you're down with this. Come check us out because this is the shit we do. We invade shit. We're the last outlaws. We do what we want to do whenever we want to do it. We put on crazy matches. You want to see high-flying shit? Here's Jordan and Blake Christian. You want to see some gay shit with Effie? Here's some gay shit with Effie. You want to see Mance Warner and SGC just do shit and go crazy? Here's what Mance Warner and SGC is about. You want to party afterwards with us? Here we are. We're all partying together with you fans, with everybody. Like That was such an amazing showcase for GCW. And I, I, my mind is still like, even think about it now. It's like to get all these other companies to allow that to happen just shows the good that GCW is providing for the entire wrestling community and world out there and talents and fans and announcers and referees, everything like that was just a all encompassing thing of this is why we trust GCW. This is why we like them. We trust them to do all these things. And for a positive manner, not in a selfish manner. And I love seeing that. And I love Mance Warner. A lot of people are going to be like, why did Mance Warner win? Why, who is this guy? Why does he win in uh, Dusty Rhodes' creation of the Bunkhouse Stampede Royal? What the hell is he going to do? Well, us GCW fans or Mance Warner fans, we know like how much he loved Dusty. Like he does, instead of the rolling elbow, like how he rolls his hands and does the elbow, yep, Mance yep. does the rolling that and then the eye poke instead. Or like he makes so many dusty references and his clothing, even with the boots and stuff. I anyone in that match, there was only one person. Like once I saw Mancer Mancer in that match, I was like, he's the only one in there that's worthy of winning. Like I couldn't tell yeah. you who I think would be more deserving, who would represent it. Uh that belt and that belt uh belt buckle or sorry, that boot and that belt buckle more. Who would who it would mean to the most to instead of like, oh, oh I won, I'm this champion. Like I deserve it because I'm a big name. Like he freaking deserves it. And you could tell how much that meant to him, especially at the end. He got to interview with Tony uh, Schiavone, which is, as we all, if we follow Mance Warner's Twitter, it's all freaking WCW stuff. And him being able to yeah. talk with Tony and Tony like, hey, this is a long time coming, buddy. Like, that, that was just goosebumps. The whole thing was just crazy to me and goosebumps. And I loved it. And I did want to give out to another uh, a shout out during that match to another GCW competitor, a more recent one in Commander. Yes, there we go. Thank you. I almost forgot. Commander got to do that awesome, uh, the the running the rope spot and the plancha, but he didn't get the height that he normally gets because these ropes, because it was for Ric Flair's last match, they they totally changed the ropes up and made them more loose and stiff. So that way to protect Ric Flair during his match, um, he wasn't able to get that bounce. There was a lot more give on those ropes. So that way... Like when it's time for Ric Flair's match, it's it's going to protect him and stuff like that, and it protect it. The reason like it's to protect Ric Flair, but that because it wasn't so tight, I wish it was tight so that way we the whole crowd of the Ric Flair last dance could see Commander and how much height he normally gets on those things. He like kind of yeah. like didn't stumble, but the rope just did not have that give like had too much give in it where he wasn't able to bounce up and get the hype. So he kind of just at the last second kind of turned it into like a kind of like a Phoenix kind of splash looking thing and jumped to the outside. But he eliminated himself and like he's trying to get back in and everyone's like, no, you can't get back in. And I loved how an, an announcer, I think it was Dave Prezak goes, well, his main uh, his main language is Spanish. So that way he didn't understand the rules. I was like, I didn't I like that reasoning, but at least it gave a reasoning to why he decided to eliminate himself. But it was also a cool way to eliminate yourself to show off like, hey, 
This is what Commander does for GCW. So I was kind of hoping Commander would have got a GCW rub with that as well. But I am happy with the GCW regulars getting that rub as much as they did during that match. So here's how I would have booked that because I always have some weird creative BS in my head. I would have booked it like this. Nick comes out, goes, where's my gang at? And you see Loco. And you see Commander turn around. Yeah. Let's just say they're already in the ring. And you see him rip their shirts. Yes. And you see the GCW shirts. And then from there, all of a sudden, you see people come in. And, oh, we had some spies, you know. Those yep. guys were already working under different companies. Nope. We were taken over. We were already here. Yeah. Like, hey, we got our footprints in Impact. We have our footprints in uh, NWA. We have our footprints in AAA on New Japan. Like, this will show the crowd, like, oh, like... He's wrestled for GCW. I've seen him on Triple A. I didn't know he had yep. GCW. Now I want to check out GCW stuff. That would have been awesome. Uh-huh. You are a thousand percent right there. That would have been cool. Yeah, I've, I mean that just that would have been a great introduction. Again, I'm not. I'm playing with someone else's toys, but right. I think I would have put that in there just because the '90s. It would have the '90s. Every, yeah. Yeah, you know, someone rips off a shirt or takes off a shirt. Who's boom, joining? It's the Wolfpack. Yeah. Boom! It's you know. Who's joining so. NWO this week? Who's got the shirt on that says like their yeah. logo? That oh. Take it off at NWO, like how you said. That was perfect. Yeah. And there wasn't another company in this show that got as much of a of a spotlight as GCW shit. You know, you see MLW in a match here. You see you see NJPW here. You, you know, but I mean, they gave us a certain amount of time where they just let us shine. And I thought that was beautiful. The only other thing I wanted to say, too, uh, I wanted to say about Bully Ray was that he's one of the few guys that we've seen lately come through that's a veteran that actually will give us more than they'll take from us you know what i mean like you know we'll have pot come through and he's not giving us as much as he's getting something from us you know he's getting to have that match he's getting to see that he can still go he's also getting the love of the gfcw fans we freaking love him i'm just saying that though with bully ray he doesn't really bully ray doesn't need to come in here and get a final anything bully i think's coming in to try to elevate our pro i hope he's coming in to elevate the product yeah we can i mean this this battle royal was great though there was one other spot that kind of let gcw shine there was a match that was going on it was a four-way we had Takeshita versus alan angels versus nick wayne versus gresham it was really good i'm not gonna go over this piece by piece because it wasn't all nick wayne but i will say that announcing had a lot of plenty of nice things to say about wayne and it was really obvious that the crowd was impressed with what wayne was doing so I don't even have the winner on that one. It wasn't Wayne. I just wanted to make sure we follow GCW news and GCW performers. And I wanted to let you know that Nick Wayne went out there and they made all of us proud. Yes. And if you look at all of those out of those four people in that match, all three have been, well, if you want to count the Keshta's JCW uh, show, which we really thought was the GCW show at uh, Great American Birthday Bash. But if you look at Takeshita, Nick Wayne, Jonathan Gresham, have all been in GCW as well. So there's some more of GCW leaving their footprints and leaving their fingerprints during this show and kind of showing the world of, hey, we are here. Like we have all these companies that their trust, they trust us with their talent, they trust us to put work together and put on a good show for the fans. And I thought that was like, that was my main, if we want to go over memorable moment, that was my memorable moment of this show is seeing this was every other wrestling company other than obviously the one big company that we were missing for the show. Every mm-hmm. single wrestling company that big name you could think of was represented on the show. And they all worked together to put on just a show for the fucking fans. And that shows like, 
what happens? What could happen when companies work together to put on shows for the fans? Fans are going to get the best matches. They're going to have the most fun. These companies, they're all going to work together. They're going to benefit from being exposed to new talent and new fans. Um, I, I just think it's best for wrestling when we all work together to help each other improve and put our egos aside and put, it, put a show on for the fans. And like I love that whole part about that. This show was that. It was putting on a show for the fans and not just showcasing. Yes, it was all about Ric Flair, but it was all about awesome that was going on um and the, like the one little thing too like i liked how that bunkhouse brawl like even though it might sound it was like oh it wasn't on the main show it was on the youtube free show but yeah i loved it being on that youtube free show because hey if you're going to order the show anyway you probably got you probably went and watched this pre-show to see because they had some pretty good good matches on this pre-show as well not just bunkhouse brawl but you got oh, to, yeah so you got free fans that maybe weren't buying the show but wanted to check it out to see if maybe they were going to buy it here in the next hour. They all got to see GCW for free. And then people that bought the actual events, if you didn't watch it on YouTube for free, it was shown on the show as, hey, this will happen on our pre-show. Mance Warner from GCW invaded and took over and won. So they got main show uh, time as well. And I, I just I just love seeing GCW getting this more main like. I don't want them to go mainstream. I want more fans to know about them, but I like them keeping their gritty, independent feeling and keeping it like, hey, like we're on the underground kind of thing. I love that, but I love hearing more fans being exposed to it because that's how fans like us get exposed to the awesomeness of this. Yep. GCW stuff is by outside word. And now that we're in it, we love it and we want other people to get into it and love it as well. So I thought that was just an awesome moment. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know it, you can go online onto YouTube and watch the invasion we just talked about for free. Yes. It's on the Ric Flair pre-show if you need to go find it. It's on Fight, and I'm sure there's a good chance you may be able to find a chunk or two of it on YouTube. You know what? I'm so, going to put a link out on the bottom of whenever perfect. it gets uploaded to YouTube. It'll be on the link. It'll be on the link on the bottom of Spotify, Apple, and wherever you get your podcast. I will put a link to this match as well, so that way if you want to check it out, uh, check it out on the bottom. And what time did you say it was started at, the Bunkhouse Brawl? Uh, that's a great question. Okay. I would say I'll 20 minutes in, 25 cool. minutes in. Uh, do you want me to kind of go over the upcoming shows since we're finally caught up for once? Oh my God, we're caught up? We're done? Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, oh my God, we're only, we're only two hours before homecoming and we're caught up? This feels good. Yeah. We're caught up. It feels good. Yes, let's see what we got <laughs> coming up. Let's talk about it. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and announce today's show just in case, but I'm going to go through the next couple. So right off the bat, we have today's show. This is August 13th. This is 7 p.m. on the East Coast, 4 p.m. on the West Coast. It's GCW's Homecoming Part 1. You can get that on Fight TV. There are still tickets available. The only thing left is the standing room. Right off the bat, we're going with Jordan versus Ninja. We have Deppin versus Blake. We have Cole Radrick versus Charlie, which we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch versus Matt Tremont. Oh, who is going Wayne against versus Wayne and Starboy. Nick Wayne, okay. Nick oh. Wayne and Starboy. Mestizos versus the freaking Briscoes tonight. That's going to uh, be crazy. Cologne versus Yamashita. And for the GCW World title, Mox versus Effie. That's going to be a fantastic match. Later on tonight, this is 11.30, so this is going to be a midnight show on the East Coast, but we're looking at uh, 8.30 on the West Coast. We're going to be looking at Team Reefer versus Team Too Hot. We have Axton versus Lando. 
Connors versus Caesar. Thank we God Connors Kirks. is back. Sorry, I got to interrupt you. No, no, no. Everett Connors is back. We got to show him the love. Get him to stay here in GCW, JCW. I am so that I'm sorry. I'm so excited I had to interrupt you. I'm so fucking happy that Everett Connors is back. <laughs> Let me know, Everett. No, no, no. Uh, we've got the Kirks versus Big Vin and Sawyer Wrecked. Oh my gosh. Slade versus Justice Maki Ito, Maki Ito versus Billy Starks. And then we have Mason versus Charlie. That's the second show of the night. Then tomorrow we're looking at 4 p.m. East Coast. 1 p.m. Ah, I believe that's 1 p.m. Uh, on the West Coast. Yes. We're looking at GCW Homecoming Part 2 on Fight TV. The only tickets available right now are standing room only. So we're going to probably start with a scramble. We have Bailey versus Lando, Rena versus Sawyer, SGC versus Blake, Jordan, and Wayne, Maki Ito versus Sheik, Masisos versus Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch, Bussy versus Charlie and Connors, the Cardona wedding, Ninja versus Blackwood, and that would be it. And right Thank you for that blazing preview of the upcoming episodes, <laughs> Excalibur. I mean, uh, John. You really went through all that, but they have a lot coming up. GCW's got a lot of stuff coming mm-hmm. up. Please, I, I know it's right now in about two hours, hour and a half. Check out Homecoming. Uh, check out both nights and also check out JCW on YouTube because that is one hell of a card as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that is it. We're all caught up. We are finally on schedule with the GCW crazy schedule. So... Uh, enjoy homecoming enjoy all the fun festivities tonight on behalf of myself and on behalf of mr john j wolf is there anything you would like to say before we head out of here john no i'm fucking excited to have a great weekend and i just wanted to thank everybody for listening yes I'm thankful man yes keep on listening keep on spreading the word checking out youtube hit us up on our social media it'll be at the bottom of all the spotify Stitcher, Apple, YouTube, all that stuff, all of our information, our Twitter, where to find us, where to watch on YouTube will be on the bottom of wherever you are listening to this podcast. And uh, on behalf of myself and John J. Wolf, long live Live GCW. W.